Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Overton, and who's not going to heaven, but that's a C train with me tonight. I'm Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks at 40. And Mike, there are alligators in the sewers. I promise. I used to live there. <laughs> it really isn't. And this is Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com. No relation to Colin Farrell. And <laughs> Mike, you want B? You can have this lap dance here for free. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Oh. So, and Bill, where people find you at? Oh, did I not say we're out? a gamer looks at forty podcast? Yeah, you were too. You were you were following the light towards the train for the C train. You know, it's funny when you see your light flash in front of your eyes. Oh no, wait, it's a train. You know, you, you tend to, you tend to forget some things. So I uh, apologize <laughs> for that. So we bring you another Patreon voted episode. We had a tie between Daredevil and Punisher Warzone, but because I make the rules. Uh, we're doing we're doing Daredevil first. Punisher Warzone will be coming next month. You'll 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 hear it, but I will I will do it. I'm definitely going to record about it. And I've never seen that movie either. So when we have a tie, you get both. So yeah, this is Patreon voted. You can also vote. Little's a dollar. So we are here to talk about Daredevil, the 2003 film directed by Mark Steven Johnson <laughs> that I've never seen before. Somehow I've always skipped this movie. And I don't yeah, know neither why. have I. Yeah, neither have I. I this was kind of a a, a section of my movie watching. Where I really didn't watch comic book movies. I always figure comic book movies were for people who read comic books. And as I've said numerous times, I've never really read comic books. So I just kind of skipped them. And these movies were really not part of the... They did well. I mean, I was surprised. This movie made a whole bunch of money. People went out to see this thing. So uh, $180 million budget was $78 million. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll take that Take that profit, you know. But uh, I, yeah. I saw this in theater twice. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, I was so excited to see this because like I brought up in the Resident Evil episode how much I miss being ignorant of what movies are in production. Like we essentially know like five years worth of movies like right now is I remember 2002 going to see the movie Minority Report in theaters and the trailers were playing before and they just had this teaser of just like a camera going over a rooftop and it's a bunch of gargoyles and then daredevil i was like oh my god they're making it they made a daredevil movie and daredevil wasn't one of my favorite characters growing up but my brother and i were big kevin smith fans in the 90s as you were and then <laughs> kevin smith was basically giving carte blanche to kind of reboot daredevil in the early 2000s and that made me love Daredevil. So when the movie came out and after Spider-Man and X-Men and Blade, I was so excited to see this. Actually, I think our theater did. It came out on Valentine's Day, I think on the 14th of February. And I got tickets for the 13th. And I was so excited I got to skip a day. I already had the soundtrack bought before I came in. <laughs> if I wasn't a poor student, I'm, I would have probably owned the Game Boy Advance game, too. But I, I own that now. <laughs> I didn't know that existed until we did our episode, which has not dropped yet. But <laughs> I am curious. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know why I skipped. I saw Spider-Man. I saw X-Men. I saw all those movies for some reason. Like I had heard people tell me over the years, this movie's trash. It's bad. So I just never saw it. And you and have I good just... friends. You have good friends who lead <laughs> you down the right path. You should hold on to those people dearly because this is not a good movie. <laughs> and you know, this movie annoys me because I was watching this. All right, let's just get into it. First off, I mean, we could talk about the director, but he's done nothing of note. Uh, Mark Steven Johnson. He, he didn't. He he wrote a bunch of movies. He started as a writer. Uh, he wrote the first two uh, grumpy old men movies. If you enjoy those, cool. Then a bunch of stuff I've I never heard of. 
And his first directorial effort was Simon Birch, again, a movie I've never seen before. Uh, but he I directed have. Ghost. Uh, is it any good, Simon Birch? It's it's based on a book called A Prayer for Own Meaning by John Irving. And it's like essentially, I think it's like a fifth of like that novel. I remember it being okay. The book was way better. Well, he he did. And then, he, of course, Daredevil, I guess, was his big first big, big one. And then he directed Ghost Rider, which evidently is just a, a trip as well. I heard Ghost Rider is not very good. Is the first one good or the second first one? First one is fine. Okay. The second one is hot trash. Well, I don't trust oh, your opinion anymore. I don't trust your vengeance. Opinion it's from the director of Crank 2. It has like that crankness about it. It's... He pees fire at one point when the kid asks him, what happens when you when you have to pee as Ghost Rider? <laughs> and he just starts peeing fire. Yeah, it's a Nicolas Cage classic moment right there. <laughs> ah, not a bad one. Not bad. I'll take it. Uh, I haven't seen this in theaters. I just remember being disappointed, but I haven't seen it since then. But no, I, I think the first Ghost Rider is a decent film. I also think it's a decent film. So <laughs> I will I will plug Godzilla Mendoza, my friend Xavier Mendoza, who just dropped a video about both Ghost Rider videos, about Ghost, both Ghost Rider movies. It's up by the time this will eventually come up. This will be up in a couple, like a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, so I, I've sat down. I paid my $4 to Amazon Prime. <laughs> Damn. I went through all the rigmarole that Amazon Prime forces me to do. I don't know why. I can't just buy things from the app. I have to go to the website. I can't even do it from the app. I have to go to like a website, <laughs> rent it, go to my wish list and the wish list and then play. I don't understand why I can't just play it. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. You, you can't rent. Because I've rented movies from Amazon. I can do it directly from my PlayStation. I, I used to. I don't. I have no idea. It says, why can't I buy? And then it gives me no good information. And it says, go to a website. <laughs> I have to go to the Amazon website. I, maybe I don't. I, I have Amazon Prime. Maybe it's not Prime Plus Plus Max, whatever thing it is. I don't know. But anyway, I had to go through all this effort because, you know, I love you, Mike. And I spent my $4 and I sat down thinking, okay, this is a, most people don't like this movie. It's got like a 40 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't really mean much anymore. And I'm like, maybe I'll get some stupid fun out of this. Maybe this will be fun. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down <laughs> and have a good time. And I had a good time for the first 20 minutes or so. And then someone says a line and I just, Mike Alberton's, yeah, that's the line that, that broke me. That was the line that broke me. And I said, I can't, I can't. It, it hit me in the stomach. And, and, and then and by an hour in, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to keep watching this. But I was lucky because it's only like an hour and a half long. So it's not, yeah, it's like, not a very long movie, which is nice. Oh, no, I mean, the, the line is so, it's so stupid. It was, I was like, this is like ice skating uphill. Like, you don't need it. That is a terrific line. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but that one i don't yeah i don't know gosh it's just so clunky my yeah. son i've mentioned this my son likes to tell jokes but the problem is my son's not very good at telling jokes because he's seven and seven-year-old jokes are typically not good he just says things that are real and i tell him i'm laughing on the inside sometimes I'm like you're laughing <laughs> on the inside it's okay and then but sometimes he has a really good one like he really comes out with a zinger like really good and i'm like oh that's really funny good job or i'll tell him well Think about that. Think before you speak. Work on the bit and then do it. And I promise you the jokes that he says just off the top of his head in the car land better than nearly anything lands in this movie, with some exceptions. <laughs> uh, so my son in the car making up jokes about stop signs. What did the stop sign say to the other stop sign? I don't know. Will what? Stop. Yeah, I know. Okay. I I've said I 
I think there's a world, by the way, where my son's become like an avant-garde comic where he just says jokes that are not jokes deadpan for a half an hour on stage and people laugh. Like an Andy Kaufman thing. Like Norm MacDonald? Pro- yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, but none of the jokes are, are really jokes. They're just situational like, you know, what did, the tr- what did the tree say to the telephone pole? Stand there. And then nothing. And no, no, no attempt at audience interaction. Just stand there and stare at the audience for 45 minutes and then leave. I, there has to be humor there. I think my son's become an avant-garde alternate comic. But anyway, um, <laughs> that would be better. I just, I really, really actively dislike this movie. I'm, surpri- really- I'm surprised that the theatrical version is the one that's, because Mike, you said you watch it on HBO Max, which I don't have here. Which is also, I don't understand why this is on HBO Max. I mean, I guess they license it out because this is a Fox movie, so Disney owns it now, yet Disney licensed out to HBO Max and it's like, here, if you like this, here, watch Green Lantern. And, and it offered up me a couple other movies. And I'm like, this this makes no sense. I, well, I guess it, it might have yeah. been before the Disney deal. It might have been like something they signed before it happened. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. the director's cut doesn't make it better, but it makes some things make a lot more sense. And it actually changes some parts of the movie that make it a little bit better, which we'll get into I guess throughout the episode, but it's something that I listened to the um, years ago. I listened to the episode of how did this get made about this movie? And I mean, I've, I've seen this movie a bunch and I didn't even realize that like 90% of this movie is a flashback. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And it's, it's not even a, it's not, it's not just a flashback. It's a, Oh, Hi. Like, my name is Matt Murdock. I bet you'd like to know how I got here. Like, situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, to it's a little weird. That, we're going to have to go back to the beginning. And then, then and they're not even, he's not even narrating it for most of this movie. Like, he's narrating stuff as a kid, but when you get to the adult stuff that still is a flashback, he's not narrating anymore. Yeah, which is fine. It I, um, as it's happening. But that's fine. I imagine that if he narrated the entire thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, that's fine. I mean, the, uh, the kind of that cold open, you know, of him landing. I was getting really annoyed early on. Again, we'll go, as we go through it, we'll talk about it. With all the religious symbolism. You know, the kids laying in the room. There's a cross above his I mean, head. He's in the church. And I'm like, here, that is a daredevil thing. Yeah, Matt, is it? Matt, Matt Murdock is hardcore Catholic. Yeah, that's all. Oh, really? That's all yeah. okay. actual, like, they're, they're, they're being true to the source material. That okay. start where he's, like, hanging on the cross is, like, taken verbatim from Kevin Smith's run. <laughs> story the guardian devil story from marvel knights yeah okay. so i mean that's okay. that's all comic stuff like that's why i kind of liked it because i i usually don't give a shit about religious stuff like i don't like it in things where it doesn't belong but in here it does fit like the whole idea of what they i think is that a frank miller thing where they went really into the catholic stuff or is that before then Ugh, i don't i don't okay. know <laughs> that's fine i i don't know either i just know that i i own a few daredevil issues right <laughs> whenever i only read six of them in my life but i just i, I do know the casting is very much him so that's why it's so heavy on that in this movie, because it's to fit the character. But if you didn't know that, it doesn't it doesn't give you that. It doesn't make any sense to the character because nothing in this movie, like when it comes to that, really affects. They don't say a whole lot about it, like how much of it affects his life. They they just skip it for some reason. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from, Bill. Like, I mean, if you're not familiar with the character, there's no reason for you to be like, what the fuck is this here for? Like, they don't explain it. They don't go like, oh, his dad died. So now he's in an orphanage or he's with a nun, you know, being taught her. Something of that nature. They skip. They don't do any of that type of stuff. They just go. Ah, look, he's he's Catholic. Okay. She, yeah, his mom is briefly in the director's cut. They show him at an orphanage for like a tiny bit of film. 
it's like you just see him in the orphanage with a nun and like just my knowledge in the comics like i know his mom was a nun so you're i guess you can assume that's there but like that's just again cut out of the theatrical version yeah i guess it didn't it didn't bother it was just one of those annoying things like oh, are we gonna do commentary on this now but like, if that's part of the comic then fine like, I don't know. yeah but it should have been explained like yeah, it, I well i mean something like to show like give something to show like why that he's religious like it doesn't really show it yeah he does a confessional every i should really should have found the theatrical version again because i know him going to back and forth to uh, confession once in the film yeah i think that's he goes a few more times in the director's yeah. cut so i don't know that i watched the director's cut then i watched it on amazon and i don't you i don't know if, probably watch the regular version did coolio show up no he did and you not watch the theatrical version okay yeah, because i'm because you I can't even find it. the director's cut that easy that's why like i i was gonna have us do it but when i looked online it's not easy to find really and i don't think you can even rent it i think you have to buy it and i was like I wasn't going to make you. I was like, because I Here, figured it, it would have been a situation where they would have like actively tried to get rid of the theatrical version because like there was a somewhat of a turning around on this once the director's cut came out and people were like, oh, this isn't like a 10 on 10, but it bumps it up to like a 657. I'm looking right now, but I don't think it was that simple to find. Like the one that you can rent or buy digitally is the regular, the regular cut. The director's cut, you have to actually buy the DVD. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's what I did. I just have a Blu-ray. Yeah, but it's just like it's just weird because I've, I've heard over the years that the director's cut is the better version of it. But yeah, it's not. They don't make it simple. And that's why I'm like, yeah, we're not even going to bother. I'm not going to make you guys like that's Yeah. Otherwise, I because originally that was my plan was just to watch director's cut. But it's not super easy to get. Yeah, I don't know. I it's uh it's it's, it's 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 weird, I guess. But yeah, this so this is not uh yeah, so I watched so I guess if, as we go through it, if you have the notes for the director's cut, we'll just you know, you can just fill in the blanks for man because if Coolio showed up, I mean that's an instant point up. That's it's that's yeah, you can't even you can't even get digitally you would have had to spend ten bucks and buy this movie. Look, if I spent ten bucks and bought this movie, I would have done something else better with the disc. I, I would have had to like <laughs> I don't know. My son got a bow and arrow for Christmas last year, but it's like a real bow and arrow with like real arrows. Like it's legitimate little kids compound bow, which is great, but you can't use it because we don't have a target and he can't throw it around the living room because it will literally go through the drywall. So maybe we could use that. We just bust out the, the, uh, that thing and use it for a little target practice. Here you go. Well, finally use that bow and arrow. Someone got you. I didn't think ahead and said, Oh, this will be fine in a home. Anyway, yeah, that is weird though. Okay. So we also, yeah. So anything else before we trot into this? Oh, uh, there's a, I I made this joke, I think in our, in our chat, our, our, our Facebook chat, messenger chat, where the best thing to come out of this movie is Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardens, two lovely children. They (laughs) famously, they met on this movie and they were, they got married and they were together for well over 10 years. They, uh, yeah. Evan and my wife told me the whole story. She's like, Oh yeah. They, I'm like, how long were they married for? She's like, I don't know, like well over 10 years, two kids. They met on the set of this movie. So see, that's because I'm trying to get my my benefit timelines here is I felt like <laughs> my was like 2003s. I think Geely came in 2003 and Jersey Girl was out in 2004. Is my wife telling stories out of school? Hang on a second. No, I just oh, I just I, I, don't know. I mean, I didn't. Let's be honest. I didn't care enough to. Yeah, he's right. Geely is 2003. I must be wrong then. I don't know. All right, then. That's a terrible yeah. movie, by the way. Uh, evidently, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I watched right. it. It's bad. Jennifer Gardner. 
Let's see. <laughs> this is where we go. Rock yeah, hey, uh, could, yeah, could you uh, loop in some Entertainment Weekly uh, music there? Uh, <laughs> <Mike Albertson>? <laughs> <laughs> and then get, then get pulled, taken off the air? <laughs> I or, don't know anymore. Well, that's what I was I'm told. Not, but, hey, if they didn't meet that way, that is good. I mean, maybe because it's possible that I, I don't know. I don't want to look it up or find out or care enough. Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> that's right. Ben Affleck had an affair with their nanny. That's how, that's how that thing broke up. <laughs> Nice job, Ben. But he was also in rehab, and and she was kind of with him during his rehab stint. And then it was just, I think the nanny incident pulled it over. Anyway, if you really want to hear more about the assorted affairs of Jennifer Gardner and Ben Affleck, they were an item. That's just, they were married for quite some time. It possibly could have met on here and was still sleeping with JLo at the same time. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> it's just a movie, dear. We're just doing it for the movie. Yeah. I, I don't know my timelines. So Ben Affleck is, of course, playing the lead in this in this movie. He plays Daredevil. He does not look like he wants to be there. He's having no fun whatsoever. <laughs> well, because he's blind. No, 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 he's no, not actually because he doesn't even wear the contacts all the time. Like the contacts that he's supposed to wear that make him blind, which evidently in the production made him almost kind of sort of blind. And the director, of course, being an idiot, is like, oh, that's great. Perfect. That's that. Use that. Use the fact that you can't see actor who needs to see and know where the camera is and know where people are in relation so they just stare off into nothing because that's what blind people do every day it's, it's i remember annoying. watching because when the when they finally cut to him as an adult uh, in his apartment and he's like folding the bills as he's going out because i remember watching because I, I bought this on dvd when it came out because i really loved the movie for some reason i i still enjoyed it i, I think it's fun but uh they actually had someone who was blind to kind of teach him it's like okay you know like when i go out like this is how like i fold a 10 so when i pull a 10 out of my wallet it's folded this way and a five is folded this way yeah so is I that a real thing like, yeah. yeah is that a, yeah that's cool okay huh like he kind of had it in like the cases so it's like okay this is a 10 so i fold like a 10 like a certain way and a five a certain way so i know like what bills i'm picking out Gotcha. That makes sense. I actually watched that and I was like, I, that's actually makes a lot of sense. I, I do like that, that bit. I don't like the fact that when they're standing there at the funeral, he does not have his contacts in at all. 100%. No contacts. Ben I Affleck eyes. Oh, dreamy, dreamy Ben Affleck eyes. No clouding, nothing. They left them in the trailer. He's like, my eyes are scratchy. It's been a long night of drinking. I'm just not <laughs> going to do this anymore. And by the way, just so you know, I do want to vindicate my wife because I will defend her honor as her husband. They indeed, after starring in 2003's Daredevil, they became close friends. And by the end of summer 20, 2004, their relationship had turned romantic. They were married in 2005 and were split in 2015, exactly 10 years. See, my wife's... Yeah, they did meet on there. He would, I mean, it also makes sense he's in a relationship. My, my wife's uh, copious reading of People Magazine and Us and such has not let us down. So, uh, <laughs> He's having no fun in this movie. He really isn't. He's taking this role way too seriously. This is, I don't know. I think the tone of this movie is one of its biggest problems. I think, A, the fact it's PG-13 and interesting that's cut down from R, that makes sense. Because there is some pretty violent stuff. And I can tell just from some of the scenes of people getting shot and whatnot. Like, ooh, this is, looks like this should be gory. I bet this was cut for rating. And sure enough, it was. So yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. He's just not having a, he's just not having a good time. Maybe because he can't see. He's like, I need to see to act. <laughs> well, that and like he didn't do another superhero movie till Batman in Batman. He said Superman. he would never do one. He said, I'll never do another superhero movie. I got it out of my system. Fast forward. I need money. <laughs> this stuff's ex- life's expensive after J-Lo. Let me be in Donna <laughs> Justice. <laughs> yeah, that lasted. 
Oh god, that movie's terrible. Indeed, but anyway, that's uh, that is true. So uh, he's he's average. Jennifer Gardner is is fine, I think, as Electra. Oh, I really liked her in this. Eh, she's fine. It's just she they they are dealt a if you're a poker player, they are dealt a seven two offsuit with this horrendous script. This script is heinous. It it is one of the worst <laughs> scripts I think I have seen for this for this show. Uh, obnoxiously yeah. bad. I kind of went in reading some of the trivia, and I think one of the problems is like one with the director's cut, like they that was what they wanted to do. And then the studio was like, no, there has to be more romance. So like we have to kind of skew that because in the so this is like jumping way ahead because they have the the scene where he's on the rooftop with Electra and he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to rain. I can smell the moisture in the air. And then it happens in the theatrical version. I'm pretty sure they actually they stay together. Yeah. In the director's cut, he's like, I have to go. And then it cuts to him, like, beating that uh, the guy up in the house and the kids there. So, like, he just, like, bounces. I think um, he still leaves in the regular version, too. Um, he just I waits thought... a little longer, but he does see her in the rain and he leaves. Yeah, I, I for some reason, I thought he stayed. It, it's been a spell. And I think, <laughs> is it possible that I care too much? Because I can tell this guy really cares about Daredevil. He just tried to do too much. It's like, okay, we have to do like the Electra thing. We have to do Bullseye and Kingpin. And in the director's cut, there's also like a case that Foggy and Matt are investigating, which is completely absent from this, which makes certain things not make sense, especially towards the end. And we'll kind of get there. So I think it's just it's just trying to be too much. And then, yeah, like you have. Ben Affleck just trying to be dramatic, and then Colin Farrell is just a cartoon character. Like I love him. <laughs> I really do being love him. A cartoon I, character, but he's I in like a him. different movie. <laughs> he, yeah, he is a man out of time. He showed up for two days, got that stupid stencil put in his forehead, and is just having an absolute ball. He's having fun. Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin is actually, I think, really good. I like him. He is. He, yeah, he is excellent at elevating garbage. He's really good at that. He's he's good. I just your main protagonists are bad. There's not they're not. She's I think they're very wooden. We'll talk about the the they have no chemistry. It's amazing that they actually uh, became romantically involved after this film because they seem like they have very little chemistry here. She's pretty. But she is pretty. That there's no. I mean, no think, uh, about. And he was rich. I think at the time. So. <laughs> This was all after like Goodwill Hunting and all. He, he's a Ben Affleck is a known commodity at this point. Pretty sure. Yeah, we're trying yeah to so it's weird about, like, to see him do this like, type of movie. But Jennifer Garner, like, would she was Alias her big thing? Like, yes. was she yep. in anything yeah. else? So she went no, from I, Alias to this. Yeah, I'm she's in sure. thirteen yeah. going on thirty, but I don't remember what year that is. I mean, it was two thousand four. Okay, that's a good movie too. <laughs> I can't remember other stuff. I mean, she's been in other stuff, but I don't really. I didn't look up her, yeah. her filmography. I think like this was kind of like the start of her kind of rise to fame. Yeah, because I think Alias was really the first, the main yeah. thing. So yeah. yeah, Alias is where she really took off. She did that for years too. I mean, I didn't mind her in this. I mean, I definitely saw it with Matt. You know, with Ben Affleck, where it feels like he doesn't want to be there. I can definitely agree with you on that one. Like, he just seemed kind of bored in the movie. I mean, it did kind of fit the character to a degree, but I kept thinking, like, I wish this was Charlie Cox. Because to me, that's the best version of Daredevil in live action. Well, I mean, there's only been, what, three? I know, too. But I really like it. Like, the, the guy from, like, the Incredible Hulk TV movie in the 80s, <laughs> Ben Affleck, and this, and Charlie Cox. No, I don't. I just really like that, and that this kind of... 
but like to kind of go along, I really like I I really like the version of Kingpin that we get. Like I I think that he does a great job. And yeah, to kind of yeah. echo what you said with uh, Bullseye, if it wasn't for the stupid Bullseye in his head, I would have no problem with this character. I really hated that Bullseye in his head. It bothered me a lot. I know it's a reference to the character because the character has a Bullseye in his head, but that's because he wears a hat, and on the hat has you know not like it's just carved into his head. So it's, it's a yeah. What what bothered me about it was. One, he's like this, like, okay, we have to get Bullseye, who's the top assassin to take care of this. He's the only person who can do it. And he kills a man. And like, I love that introduction where he's just in the bar, just like throwing the darts. So he kills a guy, gets on a commercial flight. And in like in my brain now, in like the year 2023, I was like, okay, this was post 9-11. And this character comes to an international airport with like all this metal. It's like he is not getting on a commercial flight. <laughs> no, no, he's flagged immediately. Yeah, not in that climate. <laughs> well, he no, can kill somebody with a peanut. He can kill an elderly woman who's just sitting there talking about. <laughs> she can kill. He can kill a casually racist old woman with a peanut, <laughs> and that's that. That's that scene. I think just again, we, we got to go through this because I need to purge myself of the memories of these of this film. This, <laughs> Actively aggravated me. But anyway, yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, but this was all this because this was post um, Boob Will Hunting. This post Armageddon, which is a movie I will defend. I will defend Armageddon until the very end. I like that. Never movie. seen it. Hey, the there through. we go. Put it on the list because I I like Armageddon quite a bit. I've seen it numerous times. It is stupid, but it's a good stupid because it's a fun stupid. This is not fun stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid stupid. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, like the kind of the way the movie starts off, like we were kind of saying, it just starts off with him on a cross. And it really is like, you know, he falls down into the church and then the priest comes. And then it's during that time that he says, you know, it, he pretty much should just say, well, you're probably wondering how I got here. Instead of it being, <laughs> to be in, that's what it should have been. I was desperately trying. Before we get that, though, there's a couple things I noticed. First off, the very classy choice to make your credits out of Braille. That's great. Nice. Nice job, movie. Very I subtle. I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. They're all like Braille yeah. dots. Yeah, and then it changes. Yeah, the oh, braille dots. I thought changes. they were just buildings. There are buildings that transform into braille dots because that's what you can do with CGI. You see, so that's what they do. <laughs> and then I saw it was by Marvel Entertainment something. Well, I wrote down Marvel Enterprises Inc. or something, which is very interesting because it wasn't Marvel Studios. Because I guess this was before Marvel yeah. Studios yeah, was this a is thing. And, this, and is this kind of that era when they were selling everything off and they were just hemorrhaging well, money so please just produce these movies for us they had already sold it like i'm pretty sure they like for the sam raimi spider-man movies like marvel themselves got very little in terms of like profits like on the back end it was mostly sony because they sold these rights for peanuts yeah they because they sold everything in the 90s yeah hemorrhaging cash so i just found that interesting i'm so used to seeing marvel you know with the Marvel Studios and to see it you know, as a actual like corporation name, like a corporate thing was very, uh, very neat to me. And I remember what you guys always say is that, you know, in this era, you know, they they were on a not on a last leg, but really we're not we're not doing great. No, they were they were bankruptcy. Well, the, the comics said they did a turnaround in the late 90s because they had stuff like Daredevil from Marvel Knights and you had Ultimate Spider-Man. Then X-Men came out and kind of Grant Morrison's new X-Men took off. And then you had Spider-Man, of course, in 2002 and Blade. And because, I mean, this year, like uh, Daredevil was in February. X2 was in May and then Hulk was in June. 
and Hulk has its defenders, like my friend Josh from Panels of Pixels being one of them. I I don't really care for it. Uh, I, I I like some things about it, but like everyone was expecting Spider Man like right. after that, and I think this is what they were kind of like. Okay, we have like another guy in a red suit who swings from rooftops. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> let's let's try to like you know get some of that in here. Yeah. Was was this also around X Men too, right? X Men where it was going on around it was the same, the same time. year. It was like was this it? was okay. February. X two was in May, and then okay, Jerry and Hulk was in June. Isn't X two pretty good? Oh, it's terrific. Is it okay? See, I have seen all those. I maybe I was watching more of the X Men movies at that time. I remember X and X two being pretty good. All I remember from X three was I think Magneto moves a bridge, and it's just like oh god, you could just see <laughs> over there. But uh, that's the only thing I remember from X three, I think. But anyway, X three is just bad. Yeah, so uh, that was Kelsey Grammer as Beast is inspired casting. <laughs> Fair. I haven't seen I, uh, it in years, though. I, I I need to rewatch those. It's better than what you think, even though Brett Ratner is a piece of shit. Yeah, I do know that. But yeah, that so was Brian Singer. So like, <laughs> I don't yeah, it turns out people that have power and money aren't aren't good people sometimes. Who would have <laughs> yeah. thought that? Power corrupts. Just like the kingpin. I'm sure the kingpin was a perfectly nice human being until he got all that. But, well, no, because uh, he kills. <laughs> he kills him when he's just a I hitman. Mean, so. That's true. Very good point. Good. <laughs> right. I wasn't paying so, that much attention. So yeah, after he falls yeah. into the okay, church, sorry. you get yeah. the first flashback, which the flash, the first flashback makes sense because it's him as a kid. And it really kind of shows you how he becomes the daredevil. They do all that. It shows him like there's a lot of good scenes with him and his dad. You can also tell that Heineken support of this movie because there's a bunch of Heineken bottles throughout this movie that they make True. sure you see the Heineken logo. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. yeah. The uh, reporter, whatever his name is, has a, a uh, prominently quaffing a Heineken at the fancy ball. Daredevil, yeah. Daredevil's Heineken Spider-Man was Carlsberg. <laughs> I think it's not even that good of a beer. <laughs> but I guess they had to have it. They needed somebody to pay for him. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, here you go. I, I liked him as a kid. That, that actor just like training, like kind of showing him like like learning like the echo. Like I really like the effect of like how he sees the world in this. Like, that's something that I really like. But something that's like kind of hard to watch is like, OK, I get the bullies at the start because they're like, OK, they're picking on him. But then he's blind and then the bullies are like doubling down. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, this is like some. I mean, he 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 beats him because he has like daredevil powers. I mean, it Which is are, Hell's Kitchen, I guess. Are so wildly inconsistent. <laughs> well, I will say first first thing, I I, I really enjoyed the beginning twenty minutes because it's all of actors I really like in properties I like way more than this. Because Robert Iller is the main bad guy. That he's AJ Soprano in The Sopranos, and that's the only thing he's ever done other than this and like, I think one other movie. So it was really fun. I was like AJ. Hey, AJ, every once every three months, I get into a Sopranos loop because I love the Sopranos. I grew up in the Sopranos neighborhoods. I grew up in Bloomfield, New Jersey, and that's where all that stuff was shot and takes place and cast and everything. So it was cool to see him. I was like, look at you, AJ. And this was actually in the midst of Sopranos. Like Sopranos in 2003 was already cemented as like top tier prestige HBO television. So it was really interesting to see him just, I guess, breaking character. And he might be maybe he's a comic book fan. I don't know. And he said I want to be in Daredevil. All right, go ahead, AJ. Great character for for show up for an afternoon and make fun of a blind kid. That can be your character for this. <laughs> film. It was just weird to see AJ Soprano in that era, right? I knew he looked familiar, but I didn't know where he was from. 
Yeah, I've never seen Sopranos yet. Oh, it's great. Oh, I love Sopranos so much. Uh, yeah, so he's in there, and then the actor who plays the uh, the main, I guess the the bad guy who tells Palooka Joe, whatever his name is, his father, hey, take the dive, and the dad doesn't because he wants because he wants to impress his son. He wants to show his son good things. That guy, that's Hector Salamanca in 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 Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It's like, hey, it's oh, Hector yeah, no, Salamanca. I did recognize him. Going on, man. He's also, of course, a wonderful turn in Ace Ventura Pet Detective as the landlord. It smells like pet pets in here. I can hear them scratching around. I like him. And it, it's great because he he drops all the people. It's like, okay, you beat like you think you beat these guys like Mac and Bendis. Uh, like those are <laughs> callbacks to the people who were working on Daredevil at the time. I think there's a oh. few others. I think like the name Casada is dropped, like Joe Casada from Marvel. Yes. I didn't get and also there's a, a Jack Kirby, isn't it? Like I, yeah, I heard a Kirby reference. There's yeah. a Romita reference. Yeah. Kevin Smith plays Mr. Kirby. Jack Kirby is a see how much I read comics. He's like a author artist thing person. Yeah. Jack Kirby. Is he, is he the creator of Daredevil? I didn't look this up, Blair. I've, yeah, I, I'm not sure because I know like Stanley and and Jack Kirby just created like a bunch of these people back in. Yeah. Like the 60s. It just sounds familiar. Sorry. All the comic book people are now throwing things at me virtually in their brains. Like, how do you know who Jack Kirby is? Well, Jack Kirby is one of the people who really get, made a lot of characters in early Marvel and later yeah, on DC, all the new God stuff. I remember hearing his name in Pawn Stars because someone kind of brought in a print by Jack Kirby. That's the only real reason I, I really remember that name. Oh, and the Ninja Turtles, how this got made thing. He was very inspired by Jack Kirby. Okay. Yeah. It's all flooding back to me now. So anyway, Also, Ninja like, Turtles are... Originally, were based on their well, their plan was to base them on Daredevil, kind of like the the ooze that hits Daredevil is supposed to be the same ooze that makes the turtles. Oh, interesting! Yeah, okay. that was their idea. I mean, in the, not in the first in the first Eastman Laird book, like you actually, I'm pretty sure you like you see Matt Murdock crossing the street when like the the ooze like it's meant to like literally take place at the same time when he gets his powers is when the turtles like become mutants. Yeah. And you mentioned you like the the sonar effect uh, of of him seeing the world. It got really distracting after a time. It got really, especially during the action scenes, which we'll talk about, which I will talk about the action scenes. But I, I will state right now that the Matrix, I really think, did more harm than good in the universe. <laughs> it really did. I mean, I like the Matrix a lot. I still think it's a good movie. But boy, oh, boy. Once that movie hit, you could not have an action movie without some sort of slow motion nonsense and kung fu kickery. It was it, the Matrix did a lot of harm here, I think, era especially. But, but yeah, so we see, so he sees his dad being a thug after his dad told him he gets hurt, and now he, he gets splashed in the face with acid. His eyes are all jacked up. The scene with him in the in the in the hospital, waking up and then hearing everything super loud, like he has giant horns on his ears that was actually pretty good I, I actually like that that kind of just panicked what in god's name do you do i don't know why no nurse showed up i mean his heart yeah was i was wondering going, that too like there really should have been a nurse pretty quickly birth, jumping out of his bed i'm surprised somebody just walk in and like comfort well, the child but yeah, i am overthinking for me thinking about it, it's like well him and his dad don't have a lot of money they live in america they're probably not in like a top quality <laughs> hospital true so true. it's like you get what you get you get what you pay for. 
And not for nothing, but I think Daddy Dearest, Daddy Dearest really did his son a disservice. If he has an issue where everything is overamplified, which for the most of the movie doesn't seem to bother him at all. It only bothers him selectively when he's, I don't know, jumping off of organ pipes or whatever stupid thing the plot <laughs> needs you to do. Other yeah. than that, he seems to be perfectly fine with this. And, he lives and, in, <laughs> when, wouldn't you move your son out of New York City? And, New York City. And yeah, that's sorry. the thing when I, when I was just watching it because... I, I guess they want to put in like, okay, this is like a, a kryptonite. Like it's, it's all this sound really just like amplifies everything. But I mean, I've never been to New York, but I'm assuming just living there is an absolute nightmare of noise. It's constant. The av- I looked this up and this is a, as long as I have a fact in my head, I just want to confirm it. The average this decibel level of New York city is 85 decibels. That is the same decibel of a running lawnmower. So imagine living in a city that always has the sound of a running lawnmower or something of that intensity in your ears. It's why I never slept because I would wake, I'd leave the bar at 2.30 in the morning because they're open till 4. And there's just still be tack cabs just like it was 6 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like I'm assuming you learn... Like, if you have those powers, you'll learn to, like, hone in on it. But then it's like... That's kind of what I figure. But then if you're in the middle of a battle against, you know, Colin Farrell, and he's banging the pipes around, I would think you'd have the same amount of discipline. And all the guns going off, like, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it makes sense he's not using a gun. It's probably sensitive to it. But, like, you've trained yourself to filter these things out. Again, just the movie being dumb and plotty and fine but i that was a big thing for me like why would you just why would you stay here go to connecticut that's a good point move to jersey go get a go go across the george washington bridge and move everything's like so close to new york too in that area yes he's and he lives in hell's kitchen which by the way is my wife's neighborhood uh when when she lived in new york well she lived in a lot of neighborhoods but her last neighborhood before she moved with me was hell's kitchen it's not that bad it's actually nowadays pretty decent but it's None of this. We, we were watching the movie and, of course, putting our New York snobbery on saying that's not New York. That's not New York. And of course, none of this movie was actually filmed in New York. It was filmed in Los Angeles. I had to look that up. And I'm like, sure enough. Uh-huh, no. yeah, I, I, I nailed it. It was none of this movie was actually shot in New York because they were trying to save money. And New York is very expensive to shoot in. So anyway, makes- yeah, anyway. so it I was did like uh, yeah. the little like both the Murdoch's training. You have a little scene like with that after he's been blind. I did like that. You have the Stan Lee cameo where you're going across yeah. the street and you save Stan Lee's life. It was yeah. awesome. Yep. It made me sad. I was like, oh, like, oh, yeah, he passed. Like, we don't get those anymore. No, you just get robot CGI Stan Lee now. That's what you not get. yet, but we're going to. Of course we will. We'll just resurrect him from the digital grave and just like uh-huh. parade him around. Hey, Wait, somebody signed the papers guy? for him. <laughs> did they really? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they're, go- I mean, they're already working on it. Like, I mean, someone who owned, like, yeah, I mean, whoever the hell was owned them, I mean, they were just making money off them anyway near the end. Yeah. But so, yeah, we'll get a digital Stan Lee. But I'm like, this was like, oh, Stan Lee. Like, this is, yeah, this is cool. And that little part. And one thing that did bother me, like, you have the whole scene of, like, where the, you know, you have the fight, you have him approaching him, telling the father to throw the fight. And the whole, when he doesn't throw the fight, this is a, because this is, I don't think this is comic accurate. You know, he goes in there, he gets, which is, I mean, this part's kind of accurate. He, do, he doesn't throw the fight, he gets killed. But when he gets killed, the guy who kills him, which we find out, a Kingpin, throws a rose on his body. If I remember correctly, Kingpin doesn't throw roses on the body. That was his son in the comics. But I uh, don't read enough his, comics. His son had an alias called the Rose. Like, I'm not sure if that was his MO or if it was just an alias. The only reason I know that is because I bought that comic. All I, I want was kiss. From, all I wanted was "Kiss from a Rose" by Seal to play every time that thing came down on someone's body. But I was like, "Oop, wrong movie." That's Batman Forever. That's not this movie, which is another movie I'll halfway defend to to the death. 
anyway, yeah, I, I liked, I, yeah, I liked a lot of the training stuff. It was fine. You know, you're learning about them. I don't know. I don't know how, how not have, uh, I understand that he has lost his sight. Okay. His eyes got splashed with, with turtle ooze evidently. <laughs> now he's blind. It, it fused his optic nerves and made brain things happen where he can see things and he can balance and he has no fear. Because he li- he's, he's Mr. YOLO. Live once, whatever. And he... I don't know how he can like leap from tall buildings with a single bound, though. I don't understand it, that. That's, that's what's wildly con- inconsistent. Because I, I in watching it, he, he mentions like something about enhanced strength. Some, or like his his sense of touch gives him enhanced strength. But I was like, okay, well... Which makes no sense, but yes. Enhanced strength, like being with ladies must be a real pain in the butt. <laughs> if you're like, like touch is that sensitive, like just lonely island jizz in my pants, like, <laughs> and then that like when, shot. when the first times he's daredevil, he just like leaps off a skyscraper, does a flip and like lands on like a window washing station. I'm like, your legs would be broken. Yeah, it's Shatter. too far. Like he, he, it's not like he has like Spider-Man powers. Like Spider-Man has like super strength and so that i'm just like okay his leather suit is not like bracers that are like yeah. protecting him from this fall he doesn't it's... have like shell shoes on from portal where it just kind of yeah. absorbs every impact. He, <laughs> yeah no yeah. there's nothing that special about him it makes no sense that he was okay because he's not like he, he doesn't have super power he's just a regular guy who's right. blind who does have some extra senses and can fight but that's he's not like it you know he's not spider-man and it's and interesting because, and again, for those of you who are listening to this, if you're still listening to this, after our uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner relationship conversation, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize retroactively for that. That was kind of too much. But if you're still listening to this, fine. I, I, I just, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Hang on. Uh, uh, okay. You, it may sound like we're overanalyzing this. Again, people are probably saying it's just a dumb early 2000s superhero movie. They're all dumb, recognize it, but now we can enjoy this for funzos. I'm trying to just watch this movie. I am here at this moment trying to enjoy this. I am sat down. This movie is supposed to be terrible, but you know what? I may have fun, and I'm trying so hard to have fun. The movie will not let me have fun because it keeps doing stupid things. And this is, again, one of those things where I'm like, how can we do exactly what you were just saying? He's just a guy, right? If he was just a guy who was good at you know, learn kung fu and learn martial arts and train with his dad. I, that that's fine. I, that you you can do that. That's perfectly fine. It's New York. You can jump from buildings. They're super close together, right? You can you can have that kind of action. I don't know. It just again, another one of those things where people are saying we're overanalyzing. Maybe, but at this <laughs> point in my watching experience, I am desperately trying to enjoy myself and i had a couple of really good laughs early until i no longer laughed anymore that's that's one thing i will give this a leg up over the netflix series is that like when the netflix series started they were like okay we're gonna go super dark and that's great because a lot of daredevil stuff is like dark like i mean we're even like when um Mark Way took over the book in 2011. That was that's what the Daredevil I was reading when the Netflix series started, and he was essentially said, "There's only so much beating down of Matt Murdock you can do. Like I just want to have him smile." And it was a very much lighter Daredevil and more acrobatic in the Netflix series. It's very much just like him on the streets, just like punching people. So I liken this how like he just has a silly grappling hook and he does like acrobatics. Like I I do like that stuff. And, you know, as someone who's like a comic books person, 
like the costume is it is what it is it's of the era but i like having a big dumb dd on the front (laughs) (laughs) you never like you still haven't got in any of the marvel studio stuff and maybe you'll be in daredevil because like (laughs) it was like in season one of the netflix show he gets a costume season two he loses it season three he's just like in black again and then and She-Hulk, they have a nice little yellow throwback. So I'm I'm curious to see what the new Daredevil suit will look like. And, and the Daredevil, gonna... yeah, and the Daredevil Netflix series is good, evidently. Right? It is. Oh, oh okay. yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't finish it, unfortunately. I only watched season one and two. I've never got around to three. Season three is good, but it almost feels like a remake of season one. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's on my list. And at I'm this point, I'm like, well, I'm just going to wait. I have too much media to ingest in my life. I have too much, too much to do. So maybe not. But maybe again, when I'm old and adulated, I can. I'll say, you know what? I remember 40 years ago, I was on this show, Games and something found. As good as those are, too, like they do go on like 13 episodes, and they're all an hour long. It goes on for a bit long, so it is like a commitment. Like it's, it's good, but like you have to be in the mood for that. I'm not watching anything else serialized until I finish Better Call Saul. Because that show is so freaking good. I haven't watched it yet. One day. Oh, so good. Oh, and then the next part really got me. So then it cuts, which I thought wasn't a flashback anymore, but it's still a flashback, but he's not a kid anymore. It's when he's an adult and he wakes up in a coffin bed because since he can hear so well, he sleeps in a in water in a coffin. Yep. That's a yep. But the water part got me because like, what happened if you turn? You go like, you know. So my my wife had to explain this to me. So sensory deprivation tanks are a real thing. And they're salt water. And they're highly, highly salty. So salty that you actually always stay afloat. You cannot sink. He he pours salt in, I think. Or at least he does in the director's cut. You see him like grab salt. He doesn't in the regular version. No, he didn't do it in the regular version. Oh, yeah. In the director's cut, you see him just like get a few scoops of salt and put it in there. Yeah. So my wife had to had to uh, instruct me on that one. I had no idea. So kind of like when in uh, Stranger Things, when she's in that sensory deprecation, deprecation, sensory deprecation. Like when they make one for the pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They, which is great. God, another one we should do. That's right. You did. You did the first season of Stranger Things. I did the first season. Yeah. I, I've yeah. been meaning to do more, but that has not happened yet. They're good. They're wonderful. Get that SEO. Make sure you time it up with the, the new the final season that comes out. Get those clicks, my friend. Get him. It never seems to work for me. <laughs> Since I did a Mario episode, no one cared. It's great. No, I did a Mario movie episode. It was very... Anyway, it's fine. So anyway, so... Yeah, so he wakes up in his sensory deprivation tank. Him kind of in his lair, in his, like... In his, his daredevil lair. I That's fine. Him just kind of open about. And... I liked it. See, I, I, I had questions about that. Because I, I like, in the Netflix show, he, he talks to Rosario Dawson's character and essentially says... Like, I have a really big apartment that I get for super cheap because it's essentially like Seinfeld. where He's right outside of Kenny Rogers Roosters and there's a big red light coming through. So no one wants to rent it. But for him, he's blind. So it doesn't matter because in this, they established that like he has a law firm with Foggy, who's John Favreau in this. And I absolutely love their relationship. I love John Favreau in this. And they essentially get paid in like like cheese wheels and sporting goods, but he has this giant apartment with like a separate section just for daredeviling and like five or six in New York. Yeah. It's not like he's in the middle of nowhere. We're like, yeah, we got this giant apartment for, you know, 500 bucks a rent. Nobody lives here, but like, yeah, no, it's New York. 
Yeah, I've I've kind of flushed that from my brain. The fact that no one seems to know how much things cost in New York in movies is fine. But yeah, that's <laughs> I've just I, I just yeah yeah I had the I had the same thoughts. Like yeah, rents rents incredible there. He's a lawyer. Oh, he gets paid in cheese wheels and sports equipment. I guess uh, fine, whatever. I will say that John Favreau is my favorite part of this movie. Every time he's on screen, the movie has fun, and I have fun with it. Every time I he didn't like the screen, I go from I go from. Ha- Mike, you and I are diametrically. They have opposed. great banter. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's so good. Like it. So good. I, my, I almost called him Mikey, like from Swingers, because he has <laughs> he has such a Swingers vibe in this. Like him and it has a very Vince Vaughn, you know, John Favreau banter back and forth. As much if you like Swingers, don't like Swingers. If you feel like it's aged well or not, can't say that. But it's uh, they have that really fun banter. Every time he's on screen, I I am in glee, and then when he leaves, I am. Glum. I, it's not. Uh, he's great. I really enjoyed him in this movie. He's actually allowed me to have fun and enjoy it. So okay. I, I don't have a reason. I just I don't know. I didn't really care for him, but that could just be. I really like Foggy in the Daredevil Netflix show. I like that actor for him, and it wasn't the same. So that that might have, again. It's probably just a me thing. Mike's a big Mighty Ducks fan. <laughs> I'm not actually. I just really liked him in that in the Netflix show. <laughs> I oh, didn't care lie. for You're the first trial trouble. that they have because, like, one thing about Daredevil, he's supposed to be go- a good lawyer, and in this, you don't get enough trial stuff with him. Like, you get the one trial in the beginning with the rapist that like, he loses the case, and it's just like he's supposed to be a decent lawyer, and like you don't see that in this movie. Uh, well, I mean, he is a good lawyer, but it's it's well, establishing Kingpin. that essentially, like, the kingpin is bought and paid for, yeah, like his defense, which is something that is great about the director's cut because after. Because this breaks into a kind of like the first real Daredevil section because he loses a case. And then once he kind of retires to his home in the director's cut, that's when it starts another one because he's about to go into a tank. And then he hears like a woman getting shot and dying, but he just ignores it and just flops in his <laughs> tank. And that kind of sets up the plot with. Coolio, who plays a character who essentially gets framed for the murder of that person, and that kind of string leads to kind of the police connecting the dots to that murder to the kingpin, which makes the ending make a lot more sense because, I mean, we're, That's, we're yeah. bouncing around the place. At the end, he's, like, beats a kingpin, is, and he says, oh yeah, the police are coming to get you, and he's like, no, don't you hear the words out on the kingpin? But nowhere in the theatrical version does it establish that they would know that. But that's yes. something that was just chopped out of what was initially going to be there. So because... it is. So, wow. Okay, ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm I just was wondering. Too, I'm, that made no, I was like, flummoxed by this news. I was like, did I miss something? I'm like, where the hell do they mention Clearly. that? Clearly, no, it, it was cut out because there's a whole thing about like they're like investigating a murder of this person and. It's actually a great scene because like when he's in court, he can hear the heartbeat and he knows someone who's lying. And then there's a cop on trial during the Coolio case. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's telling the truth. But then he finds that he's lying. And then but he has like this amazing car. So then he like jumps in the car and he's like, oh, hey, I always want to drive one of these things. And he's like blind. The guy's freaking out. And then he finds out he has like a pacemaker. So he's like, oh, that's why I couldn't get you, which is something that's cool. That's neat. And that's the thing about the director's cut. It's almost like the theatrical version is not enough and the director's cut is too much because Sounds like it, yeah. I'm someone who, like, I would watch it 
Daredevil series that's like very little Daredevil and a bunch of like Law and Order legal drama. And there's like very long stretches between him being Daredevil to put in all of this stuff, which makes it like a little bit annoying, but it's still kind of interesting. But for people who just kind of want to watch a guy in like a suit smash people like it's I can kind of see why they kind of chopped it up like they did. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's interesting that that they cut an entire B story. It entire that actually links up and makes the ending make a lick of sense. Because again, yeah, I'm like, makes yeah, no it, sense. It, it makes literally no sense. It's like, why are the cops? Are we, I, actually, at that point, I'm like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> I, 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 I really didn't care at that point. It's like it's over and we're good. And, and it, like, it's yeah. it's so crazy because like Matt and Foggy go to investigate something and they find out that the girl who died wrote something in the. It was like the last thing she wrote, and it's like mom M O M. But then they find out that essentially it's supposed to be wow because Wilson's assistant, his name is Wesley Owen something. And that's the the link that gets them from like killer to the kingpin. Jeez Louise. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that still would have been cooler to have something because like throughout this movie, you do have little scenes like you hear, you have another scene later where just like, oh, the kingpin, you hear stuff about the kingpin. And it's like they don't do anything with the kingpin till the end of this movie i'm like i know the kingpin's in this movie i know there's gonna be a fight and i was just waiting for it so, so yeah. yeah anyway and then after because he because again he's yeah and i actually i when he started when um ben affleck of course after the courtroom scene in the theatrical version that's when he decides he's going to ex- exact some justice the only way this city understands and the only type like of that. justice we understand his suit up is just lightning fast i went yay a suit up scene like a let's i liked it yeah me too <laughs> it's so I, corny I, I love it i don't that, understand that was, why he has to do like the whip around with his like cable Oh, it was great. And I, I actually did genuinely have fun. I was like, this is so stupid. It's fun. And I, and that was what I wanted. And I get it for most of the film. I, I, I really love that first fight scene where he's in the bar. Even like there's something I don't know. We touch on like there's a lot of licensed music in this. Oh, yes. And the first fight scene, I don't know if it's like Nickelback or Chad Kroger featuring someone, but it, it kind of slaps. <laughs> I kind of love it. And the, just the way it kind of the song will kind of like go down depending on like what he's doing and then kind of go back up. I, I thought it was like a cool introduction and in showing like, you know, the bullets whizzing by and how you can like track people in a room. The fact that he can see a bullet whizzing is so stupid. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Because again, again, I I kind of like what you were talking about with this with the TV show that I'll never see is where he's just kind of a dude that fights things, but can't see a bullet. That's that is I I can't give you that much movie. I can only suspend my disbelief <laughs> so much. I thought of I did think in that scene. I think the music cues half the music cues in this movie work. The other half do not. But lots of I evanescence. Disagree. Lots of lots of evanescence. That actually, from what I read. Bring me back to life. The big, their big hit was from this soundtrack. Like that was. It is. I actually, I heard from, it on the soundtrack before the music video came yeah, out. Yeah, which actually, and that's a great song. I do, I do like that song. I have a, uh, I have a strong disdain for new metal. I, I remember it brings back poor memories of how I was an idiot and liked it. I'm sorry, that's mean. If you like new metal, I'm sorry. That was not. I was no. That was treating me. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. 
Very intelligent people like new metal. I have a member of a Discord server where their entire music section is all about new metal. They're always posting like, oh, and I'm like, great. None of this speaks to me. I, it's you got to be I in the right phase. I think like I was really into some of this music when I was very depressed with my life, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to hear this type of stuff. And I'm listening to Three Days Grace, and now I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, so. I, I had my Lincoln Park phase as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think I always did. Like, I always disliked Papa Roach. I don't know why anyone would like that. I still, now. D- I disliked him when I was younger. I disliked him when I was depressed. I still Dang. dislike him. Garbage. Same. I just, I just don't have an affinity for the era of music where everyone was was singing out of their asshole. <laughs> Everybody just singing out of their butts in that era. Uh, and, uh, no, it is a Nickelback song, "Learn the Hard Way," which I actually don't know because I know almost all their music. I'm a, yeah, that's not. But I know a lot of Nickelback. Really? I actually Nickelback don't know that song. Fan? Are you hmm? a Nickelback fan? Don't yeah, see them in concert. Actually, put on a my really brother, good show. Really good show. My brother saw them live. Said the exact same thing. He said it was great. And then they played. They put on a great stuff. show. Yeah, he said it was a good show. Well, anyway, no, but yes, soundtracks. But the soundtrack's a big part of this, and I I suspect because this was actually in the era too where soundtracks for movies was a big deal. The licensed music. I remember like the Batman soundtracks, Batman Forever especially was a big deal. The Batman and Robin soundtrack was a big deal. That this era, the licensed music in a film was a big part of selling it. And uh, no, there was definitely full of it in this one. Yeah, I think for the half half and half worked, and I think this this scene. You're right. I think it does work. I just, I, just, I like it I in general, especially when the Evanescence stuff comes in. I was like, bring me to life. I'm like, yeah, I'm song. all on that's board. A, that's great. That's, a, that's, that's that the song, next one. So. It's great. Uh, but <laughs> I, but I, with the fight scenes, though, I couldn't see what was going on because it was constantly flashing. Again, a la Blade 3, it was constantly flashing and on and off. And I had a very hard time. Then it's going to his sonar sense and his sonar sense, all blue pixels and and I'm like, yeah, I just had a, I had a very hard time tracking it. And that might See, just be a me. I didn't. And I was actually, okay. I, I think it was funny because <laughs> uh, you had a comment in our chat, like no one has the right to like make fun of like new Marvel movies if they and when this thing exists. And I was thinking about how much like actually this first fight scene is more memorable than like anything. Like I can't remember anything from like, say, like a Black Widow or. I can't think of any other Phase 4 Marvel movies, but, like, this <laughs> particular thing Eternals. stuck with me. Yeah, I guess. I don't remember anything about Eternals. No Eternals. one does. Um, there might have been a dance sequence, and <laughs> Patton Oswalt was in a post credit scene. That's that's really about it. About how, like, all these years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I can follow this. It looks cool. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt it was a little too chaotic for me, and maybe it was, I don't know. I just, it didn't, it bounced off of me a bit. It was neat, and again, I liked the gunplay and everything else and of course the 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 rapist gets his comeuppance as they should uh, as we will see him momentarily i didn't i didn't care for that because i don't like the whole idea that daredevil's trying to he's not like the punisher he is more of a hero and in this like the whole idea that he goes i mean yeah he goes after rapists but he kills i mean he pretty much commits murder like he knocks him into the train tracks and i mean it's like i don't have to say i don't have to kill i won't kill you but i don't have to save you but yeah the whole murder manslaughter thing i can't stand like but also he fucking yells at him you know the dumb quote that i said earlier at the top of the show we mentioned once before like if you you see that light that's not heaven that's the sea train i'm just like it's hilarious but like this is stupid yeah we we don't know what (laughs) the city thinks of him like what public opinion is on daredevil because like later on you see him break into a guy's house and he's like beating on him and he's one of the kingpin's cronies but then a kid's there and he's like don't hurt me and he's like i'm not the bad guy but you gotta so say it the right like, way i'm not the bad guy am i i'm not the bad guy. i you know 
yeah, that was that was the moment where it broke me. I literally exclaimed, and it was one of many exclamations during the course of this movie. And my wife hated this as well, so we were in lockstep on this one. And just going, oh, oh no, oh, like it was so bad that line, so so terribly and bad. He, and there's other and ones not that are only that he killed this guy, and then a blind man then stopped and took the time to make a very perfectly stencil DD and lighter <laughs> fluid. I mean, that that's cool. Like, I think it looks cool when you think about like, like I think about this and the Dark Knight Rises where it's like, oh, the bomb's going to go off. It's like, yeah, but then I got to go on this building and make this trail that forms a bat thing. It, it looks cool, but the logistics of it are like so stupid. Oh, he was fine. He was just he was just knocking on the ground like this, making his sonar go off. But as he as he put the lighter fluid on. Uh, yeah, I, no, you're totally right. Yeah, you're it not going to flee funny. from a murder. You're going to, like, first stop to make it's like, oh, I made this it wasn't necessary. I would have rather just, like, skipped it. But I, get, I mean, I, okay, I did like Ben Urich, and that's the whole point of that scene. But I also just really, really like that actor a lot because he's in Fugitive and U.S. Marshals. Joey Which Pence. One? Yeah. I like him. He's yeah, a great I, character actor. He's excellent. Yeah. I, I saw him. I was like, hey, it's Ralphie from The Sopranos. Hey, Ralphie. <laughs> Because he has a huge, he's a huge part of season three, I think. Huge, huge arc. In that I just always know him from Fugitive, and then he plays sure. the same character in U.S. Marshals, which is a semi-sequel yeah, to Fugitive. Yeah. Good movie. The one thing I, mean, I will state, this is for those who care about this sort of thing. I Evidently, I do, because I'm getting, I live in New York. Who, again, people are probably sick of me saying that, but no, this, no. this, oh, the 50th, there is a 50th Street Station. That is the C train goes through it. So they were actually accurate. That is the 50th Street Station. Now, they didn't shoot it in New York because that would require somebody to close that station. And that's expensive. But there is a 50th Street Station that's on the C and the E. Same, same subway line. And that's, that is accurate. That, so the C train joke is really a joke that would work in the context of the movie and where it is. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, then you have him go back to his hideout after this or after the whole murder scene. And, like, this is when the girlfriend's breaking up with him over the voicemail, which I was like, OK, this is kind of funny, completely unnecessary, but kind of funny. She's like, you never show me your apartment. You always leave at three in the morning. I'm just like, stupid. Like, yeah, girlfriend, leave. Uh, absolutely. But <laughs> it was only she's like, you know, it's been three months and I've never seen your place. And I'm like, again, this is kind of just the, the film trying to show us that he's a loner, that he. He is dedicated to his sense of justice at the sacrificing of relationships. Okay, okay, okay. A little ham-handed, a little, a little ham-handed, a little obvious, but yeah, it's it's a phone call and it feels like it sounds like it's literally phoned in. <laughs> yeah. it, it was unnecessary. It was just like okay. I mean, it could have been much shorter. We're just could have been. We're done, Matt. We're done. I can't do this or something like that, and then just leave it at that. Not. Yeah, but it, it's also set to like him kind of like getting back and like his, you know, he's like pulling out the tooth and like you see all the scars and him bloody. So you actually see like the physical toll of what this is doing him and as yeah. well as like kind of like the emotional toll of like he can't have a normal life or relationship because he has to leave in the middle of the night and just go be daredevil. Yeah, all this is fine. Again, it's it. I'm now watching this movie as it's, this is this is stupid, and I'm now expecting stupid things. But again, like you said, Blair, it's it's fine. I, I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> and I have this other is things the, to what you about. were talking about, Blair, when he gets into the coffin, that would have had like the screen that he ignores that leads into the other stuff that's in the director's cut. Yes, that's okay. like the Kickstarter of like the the uh, the new B plot with the new murder murder trial. Okay, and then just right after this, you have Matt at confession, which again I don't think you really need. 
that's a kind of where like it also is incorrect confession because they can see each other when they should not supposed to be able to. I think if I know I never confess because I'm not there really. kind of knows who he is anyways. They kind of have an like, established relationship because as you yeah. make a joke like I don't I don't care for the costume. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. the 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 priest is in on it, um, which is yeah, that's fine. Uh, if in the confessional in the Roman Catholic Church, you there's usually a little door you can slide up. There is a screen, so you can kind of see the priest in there, or you can close it completely and okay. not see the priest. You have the option to do either one. As if I remember from doing that all the time when I was nine, so I don't you know. That is well, going into a dark, scary room, you know, I've done confessional yeah, I had to do it every week, you know, after CCD, and they would tell you five Hail Marys, five Our, five Our Fathers. You say, okay, good. And then you just lie 10 minutes later, go, dang it! Like, it's like eating candy after a dentist appointment. You're like, come on! I, <laughs> my teeth were clean for like five minutes, and all of a sudden I just mow down on a Milky Way. Damn it! Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I apologize. No, it was funny. And this, okay, this was a good part with Foggy when they're at the when they're at the restaurant and he's being stalkerish even before she comes in, where he can like smell her and he's all like, you know, and they're talking about the woman that comes in, which is kind of like, I mean, there were parts about this that were cool that I enjoyed at the same part. I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of cringy, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I enjoy it. I put the mustard in the in the coffee because he thinks he's not paying attention. Yeah, is it, this is just the right amount of messing with your blind friend. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah, the AJ AJ Soprano's friends. That's going too far. But throwing some mustard instead of honey in your friend's tea. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why wouldn't you? That's that's kind of, also shows a little closeness too. Like he feels comfortable doing that. I like all the scenes. And like we said, Blair, and I think Blair agrees that all the stuff with, with uh, John Favreau is is really fun. I enjoy. Yeah, it. they're they're terrific. Like, they have great chemistry in. Like he's just talking about, is this where he starts talking about like the alligators in the sewers? Yep. This is this, this starts that, that thread. And this is the only time where Ben Affleck smiles in this entire movie. I think unless he, he <laughs> oh, he does smile when they start, you know, they start Kung Fu fighting matrix fighting in a playground. They also That's have a straight up there. matrix. It, I, yeah, well, we'll get Didn't there. They have a fight scene in a matrix in a park. Yeah. yeah That's actually matrix. early brawl. Is that the one? <laughs> so it's uh, reloaded. Where, yeah. Reloaded. When he fights all this agent Smith's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. So oh, yeah, everything with that, like, okay, I did kind of laugh at the joke when he's like, "Well, can you hand me the honey?" And she's like, "Get it your damn self!" And she's like, "Oh, you're blind." Like, <laughs> so, what are you blind? And he's like, "Blind? Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah." And of course, she apologizes immediately. Cute. That's all. That stuff's fine. That's cute. It's, that it's, was fine. The part where he follows her and like stalks her to the playground. That's not cool. That's not cool. No, I was like, and, yeah, he, and he grabs her. It's like you know, no doesn't yeah. mean convince me. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little like really, like I just want to know your name. It's like she doesn't want yeah, to give it to you. Fuck you, buddy, go away. Herself, like, do not yeah. grab a woman on the streets of New York. What are you crazy? Yeah, exactly. What are you insane? I, I know I had the exact same reaction. Like, dude, you now, now you've crossed over. This was all fun and games, and you try until you tried to stop a woman from walking because you're curious about her name. This you is tell me your name. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, because because you met her for five seconds, you hit on her. She didn't even get her coffee. She went to the coffee shop, sat down, and then left. I don't think she ever got her coffee. She so, has a coffee cup when she leaves. So I was wondering the same thing. It just, like, yeah. it happens way too fast. But, yeah, she had her coffee. Because she does have a cup when she leaves. Because I was wondering the same thing. And I was like, did she just, did she just like, fuck this guy. He hit on me. I'm out of here. I don't want to be around this I don't crap. know. Actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame her. I wouldn't blame no, her. I wouldn't either. No. So anyway, so they, they go to this, unless you have something else on this wonderful scene in the coffee shop, Blair. No. It's, yeah. It's like they kind of go to the park, and it's. You know, it's it's like, are you blind? Is like, yeah, he like throws a stick in the air and kind of like 
must have threw it up in like the stratosphere by the time it like comes down <laughs> and like, like falls down in his hand. Yeah, he's like, I'm Superman. Yeah, this whole scene fight scene in the in the I actually kind this is one of my favorite ones because it's pretty clever the way they're using playground equipment and using the seesaws and it makes no sense. And again, I'm now at the point in this movie where I, this is just stupid and I'm not expecting anything better than what I'm getting. I'm yeah, getting exactly what I expect. Because we we know what he can do, but she doesn't. So in the coffee shop, he's like, yeah, I'm blind. But then throughout this entire thing, you would think she would think like, I think he's just doing this to like get handicap points to, or like disability points rather. Sorry to use that yeah. word. Just like, hit on to, I mean, to pick up pick up girls. I mean, that's what I mean, it seems like. I mean, he fights her really good, and she's a skilled fighter, and they're doing all these stupid moves. And like, I mean, she, yeah, it's it's really weird. I think he takes off his glasses. Well, he's like, yeah, actually, I'm blind. I'm just, you know, I can hear really well or something. I don't know. It's just weird. Oh yeah, I'm from New York. I had to teach myself how to fight or something like that. Yeah, and she she kind of gives a little backstory. I mean, she said her name is Electra. Then I realized, oh, that's right. Okay, that's a character. Then I'm like, oh, there's another movie. Okay, here we go. So she's evidently in the next movie, or is yes, the next? Which I've never seen, and I kind of want to now. You don't. <laughs> I know you say that. <laughs> it is so boring. <laughs> there's there's good. Like, there's a bad movie that's entertaining. Like, I would call this one bad but entertaining. Electra is just boring. I've but said, they I've do introduce, they do bring in, it's funny because, like, in the Netflix show, they, they say, like, he was kind of trained by a guy named Stick, and they introduced that character in Electra, who's I supposed to have a history with Daredevil. Yeah, I saw it when I was reading the description of the, of the Electra movie. I was like, that, that really confused me. Yeah. But I got me into I'm curious now. Like, I'm going to have to watch it just because I I'm only missing five Marvel movies I've never seen from the original stuff. So that's now well, I, I, I assume I'll be taking that journey with you there, Mike. So <laughs> if you I, want to, yes. oh, I got the Blu-ray out there. I'm pretty sure I bought it at Walmart for like five bucks. So <laughs> <laughs> part of like the Marvel three pack, you know, where you give like 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah, that's always fun. So. Yeah, after so after the assault, yeah, after the attempted assault and subsequent <laughs> fight, kung fu fight, they you know they they give each other the eyes and I, I she tells her her name elect Electra Electra Nachios Electra Nachios sounds like a Mexican appetizer sounds like a Mexican appetizer that was funny yeah see it's fun the uh, fun moments this is when we meet Kingpin for the first time yes after- we get the Fish Corporation I like the stuff with Kingpin I like the way you first meet him and. I also like the actor that plays Electra's father a lot. I forget his name, but I really like him. He's another character actor. I always enjoy. Yeah, I, I don't remember him. He is in. I uh, I can he's in Stargate. Stargate, really? Yeah, he's in Stargate the movie, and then he's in Stargate. He's only one of the he's the only character from Stargate the film that actually shows up in Stargate SG One because everyone else is replaced. He's the only actor that comes in both. Not character, but actor. So what's this character's name? Because now I have to look up the one movie he has a cameo in because it's driving me absolutely up the wall electra's father something nachios no is that let you wait no no I'm, i think i'm talking about the his uh his handler the kingpin's buddy his oh wesley wesley yeah i don't i recognize that actor too but i couldn't place where i, I knew him from i think yeah. he's in one of liam neeson's friends in the taken films he perhaps i think i stand to be corrected was also in alien resurrection he was one of the people that they brought onto the ship just as like a, a Facehugger mule? 
I don't think I'm thinking of the right person then. It's the person that's always hanging out with with it's the only person that the white that, guy with glasses that's shorter yeah. than him. Yeah, that's, that's Wesley. Okay. That's his assistant Wesley. Be Leonard Moore? I don't know, but I do know the character is for sure Wesley. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he was an know. alien resurrection. He wasn't taken. I am thinking of the right person. I'm clearly not then. I Leland Orser. Leland Orser? I'm sorry. You can you can obviously cut all this out. You, you won't. I know you won't. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the guy you have to be thinking of because there aren't that many people that are with him. The only other person that's with Fisk at this point yes, is this the guy. father, Where which I can't find. People. Did <laughs> either of you watch Clone High? No. Okay, so I'm not going to make a Every time someone says Wesley, I think of a character named Mr. Butler Tron from Clone High. In the theatrical cut, does Kingpin like kill one of his bodyguards in front of him? No. Okay. That's in the director's cut. It kind of shows his brutality. He just like just grabs a guy and just like murders him right there in the room. No, oh. yeah, you never you never really see him actually you hurt don't, anybody. No, the only thing you you do see a guard get killed, but that's by Bullseye because he's an asshole. Oh yeah, no. In the Kingpin introduction here, which Still uses lap dance by nerd, which is absolutely terrific. He I, I can't remember the context of, of why, but he just like grabs a guy and just like murders him with his bare hands. And it, it's a good introduction to the kingpin and kind of shows that, you know, he can be brutal while also being like very like charming calm and playing this role as just like, you know, a regular citizen who's, you know, a socialite. Because yeah, he's a terrible person. Like the power that Kingpin has too. I mean, you don't see it in this really because the, there's not much of. But that would that would added to it. That would have added more. Like this guy's a problem, not just this guy's rich. Yeah, he just seemed like a, an evil dude. But again, it's you know you kind of get it from context. And everyone watching this movie generally is probably gonna know who Kingpin is. I and mean, he's a famous, famous. He's one of those characters you've probably heard of in comics, even if you've never read a comic. Uh, Leland Orson, movies by the way, at this point. Yeah, the, the the role I remember him from was Seven. He is one of the victims in Seven who is. Oh. Who is told by the now disgraced? You know, I don't remember things. I gotta look things up before I come on this show. Well, Michael Duncan, the guy that plays yeah. Kingpin, he passed away. Yes, that always gets me too when I see him. It's like, oh man, I yeah, I, I like him great in nearly actor. everything. I see. yeah, great actor. But Leo Norser, he's in a he's in a very intense, creepy scene in Seven. If you've never seen, so I, that's yeah, I, I don't remember it. That's it's where been I a while. So I, I wanted to double check. So because I never really paid attention, I think. In Canada, the ratings for films are different, but the director's cut actually is R-rated. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense based on just some of the, even the way that it treats the violence in there. You can definitely tell there was supposed to be more in there. Like some of the like when Bullseye shoots Frank Miller in the head, which I thought was very funny because that's Frank Miller, the guy who shoots in the head for two seconds. You just even like some of the gore that's on people's clothing and whatnot, the way that's arranged. I could definitely tell. Oh, this movie was meant to be more violent and a lot of this stuff was cut just because if it was a pg-13 movie from the start they wouldn't have gone that route you know what i mean so yeah I, I, that makes sense you know me i'm always i'm always here for more for more splatter so. and this is this is all the heart the guy's name is eric Aver, Averi is the actor that's from stargate that i, I looked up him so i can get it right but it's when the, the Electra's father, which causes all the issues essentially says okay i don't want to be a part of what you're doing anymore it's getting too dangerous and it's because he says, we're we're out. Like, you here, you can buy me out. I laughed at that part. I'm like, really? You think you can just tell the kingpin here, pay me, I'm gone? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. No, I, you can see that not going well for him. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's a big, inciting incident for the balance of the movie. But, like, so. I don't understand why, like, this is why he hires the, he hires Bullseye just to kill this guy. 
when I feel like anyone could just kill this guy. It's not like he's a superhero or anything. Is he, he wants to make a paper trail that basically oh, that's what it him as the right. kingpin to kind of get the heat off of him. Right. He's trying to frame him as the uh, as the kingpin. Correct. OK. And I guess somehow... that guy looks that like looks super menacing. He's, he's just you can tell he's a terror that a uh, person he's trying to pin it on. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the uh, the the point. And this is when you have the the bar scene that we were talking about earlier with Bullseye where he has the, like because a week ago before I watched this movie. Blair had made a joke that one of his coworkers was like doing something with a paperclip. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. One of my coworkers just like unfolded a paperclip and was like swinging it around. And I was like, so nervous. <laughs> <And that's>, like, <laughs> one, I thought she was going to put it in her eye. And two, like, I was just after watching Daredevil, where he just like unfurls a paperclip and just like kills the guy with it. With like a bunch of paperclips. He unfoils yeah. one and he throws like five into the guy's neck. It reminded me a lot of, has anyone ever seen Kiss of the Dragon? It's the Jet no, Li movie heard with Bridget Fonda, I think, is in it. And I know I, of it. I don't think I've seen it. it it's, it's a worthwhile watch if you like, if you like Jet Li doing uh, like kung fu stuff. It's a pretty decent kung fu movie. I have a, st- a whole story behind it, but suffice to say, it was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. Because I have a buddy of mine who is really into kung fu and really into like gross horror stuff that told... I, it was one of the first DVD. I bought that and I bought Monty Python um, Quest for the Holy Grail with my first DVD player. And he actually bought me the DVD player because he said, and I quote, he's like, I'll buy you a DVD player if you watch Faces of Death with me. And it was very strange. So I said yes, because DVD players back in those days, you know, early, very late. Well, yeah, we're like the early, early 2000s were not cheap. And it was like 169 bucks. I remember the price tag of this because I had to watch Faces of Death on it with him because he desperately wanted to share this uh, very stupid, very dumb documentary thing. If you never heard of Faces of Death. I never did. I looked it up. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, me neither. There's like 80 of them. Basically, it's these quote unquote real life depictions of people dying. So it's, it's oh, like. Oh, I know that. OK, dying. that's not what I Googled, but I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. And, and half of them are fake anyway, because because it's illegal to show those things. You can't can't do that. Anyway, that's the suffice to say he desperately wanted me to watch Base of Death with him. Ah, uh, Cousin Dwayne. I used to call him Cousin Dwayne. Cousin Dwayne, I miss you, buddy. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. He's uh yeah. So that's so I don't so this scene where he puts the paper clips reminds me a lot of towards the end of that movie. He uh gently uses acupuncture needles as part of his kung fu, which is actually pretty cool. And he does a similar-ish thing with somebody that causes a, a character to die in a very humorous way that I've made jokes about for a decade now. But uh, anyway, it reminded yeah, me of that. So if a dragon, you, you now understand what I'm talking about. I, I know of the movie. You got my interest. I, I'm a, I do like Jet Li movies, but I just... It's neat. It's fun. It's fun. Okay. And then, and then after this scene, you have Bullseye get on a plane and murder the old woman that we joked about earlier. Like... That's so stupid. Now, mind you, I love Colin Farrell in this. I really, I really enjoy him because he's so... He is just having a blast. He is hamming it up. And now again, I'm I'm like a drowning person. I'm just looking for fun anywhere <laughs> I can suck it in. Because again, this is Friday night. I want to have a nice time. It's Friday night. The kids were in bed relatively early. Go watch some Daredevil. Have some fun. No joy to be had. So I'm just grasping for it. And Colin Farrell gave me what I was looking for. Good man. And again, <laughs> I don't know how we got, like, you know, <laughs> get me bullseye. Like, if you need him quickly, why put him on a commercial flight? <laughs> like you're probably a man of means who can probably yeah. smuggle him on like a private jet. Although, he, yeah. I mean, it is very like mean what he does. But I do. 
I do love kind of what he does and like the line after where she's like, oh, like, do you want anything on? Is it just more peanuts? <laughs> like, I, I do love that delivery. Like, I, I that that part is stuck with me all those years. He later. does it's, really yeah. play a cartoon character. though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, I could have I could have done with more backstory about Daredevil and Kingpin and how that happened. And again, less casual racism from the kindly old lady sitting next to him about talking again. I don't even want to repeat the words she says, which I'm like. Oh man, like you can't say that. Even in 2003, I don't know if that was like. Yeah, 2003 was much less. Yeah. Yeah. Much more racist than I think we realize. Yeah, I'm sure. But I I mean, not to get away from things too much, but I I bought the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection this weekend. And at the start of that, there's a warning that like these games were made in like a different time and like we. I can't remember the context. It's probably like I could think of some characters that might be problematic. I haven't played these games in a while, but like the fact that these games came out in like 2000, 2001, and they're putting that warning in now, like I can definitely see them unfortunately getting away with that in Daredevil. And especially thinking of another movie around this time called Old School. Todd oh, Phillips geez. comedy where there are some lines at the start of that. And as I, as I rewatched that, like during the pandemic and I was like, Oh, I don't care for this. Oh, yeah, wow, early 2000s. Okay. We were very racist. I think way more homophobic. than we, we think about in 2020. Yeah, well, yeah, homophobia for sure. Yeah. It was yeah. just off putting. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. They put that warning though in the, in the legends, the legends pack. That's good. I think that's good. When I'm glad. Like, no, I mean, that's not because people should know that like this was, yeah. This is this was not okay then, but we didn't care. And now, you know, just be aware. Like Recon- this was yeah. a different time. We recognize it's not okay, but we're gonna keep it here because it's just part of the game or the work of its time. But we recognize yeah. it. You know, learn from it and move on. I think that's great. But yeah, she her casual racism really off put me, um, which was bummer because I'm watching now my favorite character, my second favorite character movie, Bullseye, who's just so insane and <laughs> delightfully so. But he so he kills her with a peanut, which is great. And I'm like, good for you. That's what you get, you old bitty. And I put in my notes, D- Daredevil stops a beatdown and gets upset at himself, but I can't remember what it was about. I think this is when he's telling himself, I'm a good guy. I'm yeah, a good this guy. is well, he's, yeah. he's beating he's beating on an enforcer and he's and the enforcer is like, oh, this is, you know, the kitchen belongs to the kingpin. And then, oh, his, OK, that's what this guy's son is in the corner and he's crying. He's like, don't hurt my dad. Don't hurt me. And he's like, I'm, I'm not the bad guy. And it's kind of like a crisis of like, am I actually like making a difference. I think there is some narration possibly where he's like, I don't know. Sometimes like, I don't know if I'm making a difference or not. Yeah. I can't remember that. I believe you're right. Well, I guess if crushing a man's skull under a speeding subway didn't clue you off that you're a bad person, a crying child in the corner will definitely make that happen. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, dang it. Yes. I am no good at all. But yeah, I I mean, that's fine. I, 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 I didn't really like him being a killer. I mean, just because it doesn't really work well, in my opinion, in this, but it was fine. Like, it was just stupid to me. And this is when he goes. This is when you have the scene with him at the law office, where you see how they get paid, and they have like you know, I like, talk about the cheese wheel and everything like that. And then I, oh, I, I love that. <laughs> it's like you know, I do salsa dancing on the weekend and shake my ass to pay my power bill. And like some <laughs> okay, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. There were some funny lines, and that was one of them for sure. And the visual gag of. Uh of John Favreau continually trying to make the basket. And of course, you know, Daredevil does the same, like just swishes the belt wall. It's again, very cute. I, I, I would like a little more of that actually, just that kind of camaraderie. And I would really like to see John Favreau have more stakes in the movie other than being the comic relief. 
which again, I'm happy he was there because again, grasping for fun air. But he, <laughs> he, I wish he'd had just more to do, you know. Uh, but again, as comic foil as a as his buddy, I think he's great. So yeah, he should have had fun, more fun scene. Again, having fun. Thank you, movie. But then we <laughs> you get were craving to, that at that point, huh? Oh, I was just again grasping for anything. But then we, uh, then we get to the point where where we are. We at? This is when Electra shows up. And like stalks him on the street. That's how I put it. Yeah. Or was that? Is that after this? Because I thought it's right. At, I, unless I put it. Because in my I notes thought he's wrong. like, oh yeah, you got we got invited to this ball, and yes. the only reason why we're there is because of Electra. And he talks about it, it's like, oh, you know, you're going straight from not being in the relationship to the breakup or something like that. Yeah, because he, he said had, he's not in. Yeah, yes. he doesn't want to go. And then he then he meets her. This is, and then when he meets her, then he brings her up to the roof, and you have the whole scene with the rain. Oh, I thought that was first for some I don't reason. Think, that is, I think that so the rain scene is before. I think the rain scene is before the actual ball. I think it, it definitely before the ball. This is before yeah. the ball happened. Yes, because when when because again, I remember that him getting the invite and thinking immediately, why would someone invite these schlubs to like a fancy New York City ball with an embossed? Of course, it's embossed. We can feel the letters. We get it. All right, fine <laughs> film. We know. We get it. But whenever I then, see I think stuff like that, think, yeah. I think of American Psycho, which I've never seen, but I just know that joke with the business cards. <laughs> Paul Allen. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought yep. of. I was like, ooh, yours is. With the, you know, they, with the meme where they change it, put like a Pokemon card or something else there. <laughs> a movie I don't like as much as most people, to be honest with you. Okay. Never seen it, and I don't know if I want to ever see it. So mm, on, on, on the rooftop, when after the rain, because he, he has a thing where it's like, okay, when the rain falls, I can kind of see the shapes, and you kind of see the CG Jennifer Garner because he hears a crime, <laughs> right? And so in the he hears Kingpin being mentioned. Oh, okay. So in the theatrical cut, he because I know she's like, "Stay with me." Does he actually stay or does he go? I thought no, he, he stays. Claudia left. He stays. No, oh, this is wait, 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 wait. Hang on. I could have swore he's like he starts to stay. He sees her in the rain, and he's like, "I saw you. I gotta go." No, he goes. I'm pretty confident. He says. He looks like he has this grimacing, I gotta take a dump face, like, oh, no. And it's in the rain, and he, and she says, I wanna stay. And I think that's when she stays. He's like, screw that person getting murdered in the hallway. I'm gonna get me some Jennifer Garner. And I think that's when he, st- he, he stays, which again was kind of against type. Pretty confident. Yeah, he, okay, yeah, no, he does stay with her. I put in my note, stays with her, and then I put sex. Yes, stays uh, with her, okay, and then sex. Yeah, that's that's not in the director's cut. That's something that the studio wanted. They wanted more romance, apparently, according to what I was reading. So, yeah, he hears crime and he's like and then he bounces. But then what happens at the ball where she's like, I got dressed up for you, which I'm pretty sure the person they had on set kind of the the blind coach for Ben Affleck. That was the line he used with his wife where she's like, I got dressed up for you because if he bounces like in the director's cut, why would she want him to go to the ball when it's like, screw that guy. He keeps leaving. What are you talking about? Women love when you're an asshole, right? (laughs) But in the theatrical cut, when they actually do have a moment, that makes sense. Like she should be downright angry at him and like, oh man, like why do you keep running away? So that's, that's kind of interesting how it, it's worse than theatrical cut in some ways, but also better. Yeah, I I, th- I think it was interesting because I, I it kind of goes against type. And my, my only thought again was, oh, well, now he's just going to leave this person to be battered in the hallway so we can get get some strange. But I mean, it's fine. <laughs> like, having people I just again in sex and 
in movies for the most part, I just find usually pretty off-putting. This never- was also I was unnecessary. I don't know. I, I only like nudity in movies. I mean, this is never nudity, but I only like it when it when it really serves a purpose, like someone trying to lead men into goo to kill them for food. Like that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Like this, just like I get it, but at the same time, it's like you could have just had them like kiss on the rooftop and left it at that, and that would have been fine. Listen, Mike, we got the eighteen to twenty-four demographic. We got to get the dames in the theater <laughs> to buy the movie right. tickets. That's I mean, right. I know, I know, but it's. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It's the, just like uh, Gareth Agana sells tickets. That's right. We got to make sure. It's like the guys have candy, the action. Soda. We got to have. We got to have the romance. The romance gets the girls in. They stay with their boyfriend. <laughs> then they tell their friends, like, "Oh, it's a love story." On top of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you would have been. You would have made some movies back in those areas. You nailed it. God, <laughs> so funny. No, I just yeah, like I don't know, but that whole scene stinks. Though I'm sorry. Sonar, sonar. Jennifer Garner looks stupid. The <laughs> They, they turn on the movie rain because that's what happens when rain starts. It just starts sheeting rain. Cause, and it's clearly they turn on the movie rain fountain because as I've said on this show before, it's very hard to film rain. If, you're gonna, if you want to see rain, it needs to be deluging because rain is small and small yeah. droplets do not pick up light. You film in Vancouver. <laughs> film in Vancouver. This was supposed to be filmed <laughs> in Vancouver, actually. But Ben Affleck did not want to go back to Vancouver because his previous film was shot in Vancouver, because everything is cheaper, evidently, in Vancouver. And that's why they shot it in Los Angeles, because Ben Affleck did not want to go back to Canada. So we yeah. pull a David Duchovny. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? Well, it was in the X-Files, where they were filming in Vancouver, and then David Duchovny said, I don't want to film in Vancouver, I want to go to L.A. But there's so even a, did the company. Okay, gotcha, yeah. yeah, there's a joke in the... Um, there's a cartoon called Reboot, and they have fax modem and something scully i can't remember and he has a pamphlet for like vancouver and la in his hand <laughs> so yeah, I'm I mean, trivia I'm for the night hey i had i had a new york reference you have a, Van- a canada reference but yeah that's the reason why they, they didn't want to be there but yeah i don't know this whole thing just stupid instincts and it does and now that i know that it was a studio decision it definitely makes sense because it feels tacked on and kind of useless yeah it, it really does i mean i didn't have a problem with it but now you guys bring it up, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that that's when you say the director's cut, he leaves, which then wouldn't go along with the part where she's like, I wore this dress for you, you blind man. You know, not be and, like, you asshole, you left me on the roof, you fucker. And, and just like, I don't know how much time passes throughout this entire movie, but then like at the end, he's fighting the kingpin. He's like, you killed the only two people I ever loved. And it's like, you barely know this woman. It's like you've had like three dates and like Daredevil keeps getting in between and it's like, you're ready to marry this person? So I mean, strange. I mean, so Matt Murdock is a serial player in comics. Like, I mean, just from that one episode of She-Hulk, where he does <laughs> a brilliant walk of shame in his Daredevil. Oh, my God. It's if so I horrible. remember correctly, in the comics, he knows Elektra from previously and then runs into her again in the time when she shows up. So it makes more sense that he has like already has a history with her versus this, where he stalks her, he goes to a because I don't think much time has passed from the way that I took it in this movie that it was like days had gone by maybe a week top but I, w- I, w- I would say it's been days like three days three or four days I don't think it's that very sounds long sounds about right yeah which I mean I get it but like you're, you're it's just it's probably another studio line like it didn't need to be there plus this guy like why are you telling this guy like you don't want to tell some you know mafia boss like 
you killed my father. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Who, who's your father? I don't know. I killed a lot of people, buddy. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just one of those stupid things. I don't know. That's what I thought about that. What's his line? I think we're talking about the Kingpin situation, right? When he's yes. confronting King at the at the fancy ball, he's suddenly like, "We we only we only work for innocent people." Yeah, we only work for innocent people, and that and that's when. And again, really like Michael Clark Duncan, and he's like, "There's nobody's nobody, innocent." Nobody's innocent. Nobody. And you're like, "Okay, all right, you're menacing. I like you. Please mm-hmm. just smash Ben Flatfleck's head. I want to see more of you. This sounds great." <laughs> but uh, we do not get that. No, I mean, it was just doubt. I mean, and this is also where he's talking with Yurik. Where he shows him the blind stick, and then the guy recognizes like a little symbol on it, which then plays a part a little bit later. Which one of my issues is is I don't I feel like there I mean Daredevil should have a blind stick, sure, but it doesn't need it doesn't supposed to be his weapon too. Like his weapon is something different. Yeah, it it because when I think about like traditional like how you think of superheroes, like you even though it would be super warm and uncomfortable to do this all the time, you think that they're wearing their suit under their clothes. So the stick being able to transform into the billy club would be, you know, a time saver. It's like, okay, I need to take off my clothes, become Daredevil, and here is my weapon. But he's not doing that. He has to go all the way back to his apartment to put on this big, bulky leather gear. So it's yeah, it's strange. I mean, it's only there. They had to do just to make it simple for the audience to kind of link the two things together. And there's a really stupid, stupid scene that I don't under right around this time where you have Electra in the dress and you have Foggy rubbing the boobs on a Griffin statue. <laughs> why people funny. are coming I, walking around? I, I don't know. I didn't understand. I don't. Like, why is this here? Like, just give me these seconds back and put something. Like, just why? Like, just cut this. Yeah, it's just it was, a little bit sec- of humor. Like, he's just sitting yeah. there. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just has his hand there because he doesn't know what he says of the at the firm is like, I'm a plus one. I can't go to this on my own. Like you're the guy. I'm the plus one. So when Matt goes away, he's just trying to do something. And then he just has his hand there and he just doesn't realize what he's doing. It's just a cute little I don't know. I just thought it was stupid. It's it's kind of senseless, but again, it's a little visual humor, I suppose. It didn't really bug me again. Again, he is my humor lifeline. He's my fun (laughs) line. Like I'm just gripping onto, to John Favreau. Just put like, I'm just trying to have fun again. So that was mine. I didn't bother. But yeah, he's okay. I like how John Fry, he's, he's just trying to get like contacts and get like work where I where you they don't pay us in sports equipment. <laughs> they give us actual money to do work for them. Which again makes sense. I mean, you run a business, you need money. So and that I mean that fanciest apartment somehow they gotta pay for it, you know? <laughs> is is Karen Page in the theatrical version that much or at all? She's not in this Oh, that though is that the the actress in Grey's Anatomy. Okay, she's in one scene. They don't ever say Karen Page, I don't think, because I was waiting for it. But she's the I can't also my brain the secretary at the at the law office, right? Yeah, she's in one scene. But they don't say her name, and then that's it. Yeah, uh, a okay. So is she a bigger part of the uh, director? I think there's like a one more scene. It's not very much more screen time, but they do I think call her Karen or something. Because I was wondering why Karen Page wasn't in this because she's such a big character for Daredevil. But that makes sense. I mean, the movie is already stuff like it's already exploding at the seams with all this stuff they're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But I would have rather had her than some of the other stuff we have. I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of comparing it too much to the show, too. Because that's what I perhaps. now with my Daredevil is the show. There you go. So and then yeah. this is when Electra so, yeah, with her father all of a sudden, like really. I think it's really fast to like he, she just like, I got to go. And just kind of abandoned him. Yeah, well, well here, Kingpin, his... Kingpin puts the rose in his jacket and he's like, oh, just yeah. saying goodbye. 
So he knows that, like, oh, I'm going to die very shortly. So then he's like, we have to get out of here right now. And then Bullseye shows up to the awesome Rob Zombie song. <laughs> that <laughs> is a pretty good Rob Zombie song. I will I will admit that. This was a cool part. Everything with, like, with him where, like, he goes after the limo and he, like, rides the on top of the motorcycle and throws the ninja stars and kills the drivers. That was a cool part. Yep, yep, like and all that. The like ninja all that. stars that he got past TSA or like security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir, can you please take off your belt? He did, those were not the days of the uh, TSA pre-approved where you can just waltz on through the through the, you know, through the metal detector. No, no, no. Oh, you're taking you shoes. couldn't get nail clippers past like nope. airport security. And no, this guy nope. has like six or seven ninja stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. I uh commercial airline flight. I guess they weren't as careful in Ireland when they got on the flight. Maybe. I don't know. Hell, but, when uh, I went on a plane this year, I had water that I forgot to dump out of my tumbler. And one airport dumped it out for me. But when I was in Texas, they're like, no, no, you got to go back through. No, yeah, I was in Texas. You have to go back through everything. They wouldn't dump it for me. They made me go through all TSA again. Like, just dump it for me, please. Like, I'm sorry. I really? forgot. And oh, then like, you got to go through the line again. I'm like, wow. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's Texas. Come on now. So yeah, you got to go through here, pour it in. It was you pour it in this, pour it in this garbage, and then come all the way back through here with your cup. Boo, boo! I'm to like, that. I think I got hours to wait because I plan. Well, that's El Paso. Yeah. El Paso Airport wasn't great because there was I couldn't even charge my phone. There was no charging plugs at, in El Paso Airport. I was upset. Dang it, El Paso! Get yeah. your act together, Mike Alberton, but fancy hey, gentleman. I had to charge his phone. I had great Mexican food at a place right by the airport somewhere that I stopped at. So that was nice. But yeah, I was really upset. I was like. How can you not have any charges? I got to charge my Steam Deck. Oh. I got to charge my laptop. I got to like, well, come on, guys. You're the man without fear if you're having Mexican food before you go on a flight. <laughs> that was one after I got, it was after we got <laughs> off the flight. Okay. I had Mexican food. We had, I didn't have any on the way. I, I had, the joke was good enough. You did not. I had McDonald's out. in Denver. Oh, Either you way. are the man without fear. <laughs> you really are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> With the Denver airport, I had McDonald's on our, on our return flight home because I needed food. My wife had Mexican, which I had some too. Well, anyway. Yes. <laughs> that's where we end know the self don't sit next to Mike on a plane yeah really really <laughs> I was fine actually I was just playing games as on one does in a flight what else I gotta do for I was playing Sailor Moon fighting evil by moonlight Fantastic. when you love by daylight but okay right. when the whole thing with him attacking the limo that was all good and then he kills the father with daredevil's weapon to f- essentially frames daredevil how hard did he throw that stick? I know, right? Very that, hard. That is a blunt object in any... That's a blunt object. And boy, oh boy, did he hurtle that thing through the man's chest. Like, I don't understand. His power in the comics is supposed to be he's a great shot. Not that, he, not that he's Gambit. That's not his power. He's not Gambit. I think... Because I remember reading... Because I'm not sure if he's... Like, he's just like Hawkeye, where he's just very good at what he does. Or if he actually... Because I think I might have had a Marvel card when I was a kid where it said, like, he may or may not have, like, a mutant ability and possibly an adamantian skull, too. So I don't know. Like, until the <laughs> until the Netflix series, I didn't know that, one, Daredevil, or Bullseye, rather, wasn't Irish. And, two, <laughs> that his real name or real last name is something Poindexter. When I was like, what? Excuse me? Okay, yeah, I have the, the description for him from Wiki. A psychopathic assassin, Bullseye uses the opportunities afforded. Okay. Although he he possesses no superpowers, Bullseye is able to use almost any object as a lethal projectile, be weapons like shuriken and psi, or seamlessly harmless objects like playing cards and pencils. His marksmanship is uncanny at a nearly supernatural level. So he's Hawkeye. 
And yes. I mean, he was Dark Hawkeye in the Dark Avengers. <laughs> yes. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's Hawkeye and the gravity gun where he can just throw anything <clears throat> at anybody at any time. So, yeah, it works. I don't know. It, just, it was just a little too much of some of the stuff he throws. No like, love especially... for the, uh, no love for a Half Life 2 reference. Nothing. Absolutely. absolutely I never nothing. played it. Yeah, me neither. I, I, oh, jeez. I, I started I it and then I always peter out and get every, bored. Every, ha, what? Okay. I've actually it. never played Half Life 1 or 2. That's why yeah, 1 is on the show. I know. I know. Coming up because I need to play Half Life. Like, I need to play those games. They're really good. Well, Half Life, I don't know. Half Life's, Half Life's a tough play these days. You're probably, well, I know, you know, I know it ain't going to be fun. There's some but, really frustrating things in half-life oh i i'm i know i know it can be bad but it's like i gotta do it because i also gotta play half then i then i'm gonna play half-life 2 yeah, half-life 2 is great half-life's good but anyway anyway but yes that's why there was no comic like i've never played it so i don't have any i know the gun but i have no reference like there's no reference to it for me and then you have daredevil goes back to his apartment he starts breaking stuff in his room because electra thinks he murdered her father she shoots at him and empties the clip and he runs away but yeah he has a, he has a temper tantrum he's upset <laughs> it happens this part I found weird. Like you have the funeral and this is, I again, I love this part because I had the Evacanescence song playing in the background. I'm like, yeah. So, cause I, is, I have, is, is this bring me back to life? This I one think here this is bring me back to life. Okay. Yeah. It's my immortal at the funeral. Um, and I, and in the director's cut, Ben Eric is there and he pulls him aside. To tell him about, I think it was during the investigation. A, a cop took the stand and he uses radar sense and he's like, oh, yeah, no, he's telling the truth. And he's like, no, 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 he's crooked because, you know, he's an NYPD cop, but he has this awesome BMW. And then he leads him to go there and finally as a pacemaker. But I'm pretty sure this would just go straight from, I guess, the funeral to the Kevin Smith cameo. Yeah, that's, I think, right after this, because you, well, first at the funeral, you have where she gets upset and doesn't want to talk to him, and then he sees her in the rain, and she puts the umbrella up so he can't see her anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ooh, the cold, cold. Yeah. Oof. But no, My Immortal, you know, it was My Immortal, which I just fucking love this song, so just any, like, just hearing this, I'm like, okay, I'm on board, because I also love when movies play music that fits, like, what's happening in the movie. And I didn't think so, though. Song. I didn't like that, and then it threw me out. I didn't like the use of that song in the in the uh, in the funeral scene. I I thought it did not fit at all. How interesting! I I just felt like I was like this is kind of hammered in. I want something somber, and I also in, in those kind of moments, someone singing really pulls me out of it for some reason. Just a little bit of score. You don't need to. I know. I understand. You, I, I I guess different tastes. I just I didn't find it very. Uh, for some reason, it just really stuck out to me. And like, well, some of the lines in the song, like these tears are just too real. Stuff like that is a fit for me. I don't know. For me, it felt a little obvious, and I just didn't. I don't know. It, 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 was it just, and that's a, a personal preference thing, I guess. I just don't like when in these summer moments you have like a sad song or someone's singing. It just, I don't know, throws me off a little bit. But you know. you'd rather just have instrumentals while they're being led yeah, to their death a little and bit stuff or... like that is happening, and nothing, nothing yeah. makes sense to your second watch there. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna keep making jokes about that movie. So. Oh yes, just give random random sounds of people breathing and such. Yes, that'd be perfect. That'd be and yeah, you're right. After this part, when they're at the morgue with Kevin Smith, I really got a kick out of seeing Kevin Smith in here because I was like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, me too. I did. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was. In, yeah, because he he was kind of he kind of brought Daredevil back from the dead because Daredevil was the book was going to get canceled and then like he went to Marvel and was like can I do this? And they're like, do whatever you want. We don't care. Daredevil means nothing to us. And then he did this guardian devil story that sold really well and kind of made Daredevil big enough that this movie got made. Oh, okay. 
Well, I, it was just, I'm assuming cool. a bunch of people had rights and they were just trying to make comic books out of everything or movies out of everything because yeah. Blade made money, X-Men, and what do we got? Oh, we got this Daredevil thing. Cool, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Well, didn't this property die on the vine for Fox? Like, they tried to... Then is was this or something else kind of died on the vine because they lost the property to it and that's why Marvel. Yeah, they they this did well, but didn't do well enough to kind of get a sequel off the grounds. And then Electra came out. Electra, a disaster. And then I think I can't remember. I think it was Joe Carnahan was going to do like a reboot where it was going to be like a gritty Serpico like story set in the seventies. And they were about to start production, but they needed to start it like right away or else they would lose the rights. And I know I think the story came out that at once upon a time, Fox was going to do like a like a Civil War crossover with just their characters where it was going to be the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And Daredevil was perhaps going to be a lawyer who was was in between. That would have been bad. That never that never materialized. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that that sounds awful. But yeah, cool. it was during the time where like if you didn't make something in a certain amount of time, you'd lose the rights pretty quick. Yeah, you had to always always make something. I think you have like I think you have eight years or so. I think. Yeah, I mean, why every couple of years Warren Beatty just makes a Dick Tracy special where he's just in a <laughs> Dick Tracy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Unfortunately, thanks to Comic Conspiracy Podcast, I know what you're talking about. I kind of want to watch that movie for this show. Yeah, so I think this kind of pulling it back over. I think Please. so. No, you're fine. So funeral, oh, you're the morgue. Um, we have Bullseye, Kingpin's office again. Lots of fun between two very good actors who are doing their thing. Did anyone see Banshees of uh, not Inishmore or whatever it was? That's a Inishmore is a, a Banshees of Inishmore. That's it. Yeah, Inishmore is yeah, a. I, I, I haven't know. It's great. Me either. You should definitely see it. It's awesome. Fantastic. Very slow, but it's very, very good. It goes strange places, and I absolutely love it. So, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's like the movie. same director of In Bruges and, and other things, and three billboards outside of whatever was Missouri. Did he do Seven, or did they do Seven Psychopaths? Yep, Seven Psychopaths, which is not great. But Oh, I enjoy Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, I remember I remember not caring for it, but it's been a very long time. I saw it in the other In the, because um, this... The uh, the altercation between Daredevil and, or Bullseye rather and Kingpin. It's where you get the first f bomb in the director's cut, first and only one, I think. When was it? I think it might be also in the. I thought I heard it. Quickly. Yeah, because he, he's like, "Is there anything else?" And he's like, "Yeah, I want a bloody costume." But in the director's cut, he says, "I want a fucking costume." Oh, okay. So yeah. all right, all right, all right. Fine. Okay. Fine, it's fine. Yeah, so that's it's again good scene. I like uh, I like watching watching Bullseye and and do 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 his thing. So it's a lot of fun. So uh, now we get to the point where let's see. This is when Ulrich comes up to him and I goes to see Matt when he kind of put two and two together that Matt Murdock is is Daredevil because of seeing the the stick that was left at the murder. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, I kind of like tells him. Yeah, but they're going to try to kill Electra. I can't remember. He says something like that. Like, I think he realizes that, you know, they're going to murder that. Oh, Kingpin murders the whole fam. Something yeah. comes up. I don't remember. But something he, uh, yeah, yeah, they, he, they just don't murder you. They murder your entire bloodline. OK, yes. And that's when he that's when uh, the bell goes off for Mr. 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 Matt here. And he's, ooh, I better I better get to getting. So uh, he goes after save save Electra. And you have a small scene with Electra training with the size. And like she's just hitting bags, and one bag has a daredevil face. <laughs> no, that was pretty good. <laughs> she got a kick out of that. I, I just, 
and fine training montage, more rock music, more new metal, more. Okay, come on. We have 50 minutes in, we have like 30 <laughs> minutes left. Come on. Okay. <laughs> at that point, I was so exhausted and over it. My wife and I were just looking at each other every five minutes, like, <laughs> such a minor thing for these fight scenes. And I think it's only now, recently in movies. And it was in Birds of Prey, it was a big thing. And I did not care for that movie whatsoever. You're fighting someone with size and you're just leaving this massive mane of hair just. You you pull that back. <laughs> that is gonna get in the way. Get yourself a hair tie. You really you really ought to. That's yeah, it's a very good point. But uh yeah, so she this this is I guess when they when they she faces off against Bullseye and does and a terrible job. I guess she's just outside her apartment because when I was watching this, I was like, How does everyone know where they need to be at that point? Oh, it says that in the script. They're right there. You just go over and then <laughs> yeah, she's just the, kind she's, of running around and on this she has X- to, yeah. Put on you know, like this outfit, which I don't think would like tight leather pants would allow her to maneuver that well. My wife but, did the exact same thing. She's yeah. like, I don't think that's the best the best pant choice for this uh, for this thing. But I mean, I guess it's of that era where it's like, well, we need that male gaze. Put her in the leather. Put her um, in it. That's yeah. it. So let's put on the poster. So she's like facing ass ways out on the movie poster <laughs> in the DVD case. This is where she fights <laughs> Daredevil, stabs him in the shoulder because she and. And like the whole idea that as soon as she sees his face, she realizes that, oh, he must have not done it. It can't be mad. I mean, I was thinking it would be more like, you fucker, you slept with me and yeah. you killed my father. Not, yeah, oh, I was, it's not you. Yeah, I was so waiting for the turn of her recognizing that he realizing, oh, Daredevil, you're the one who killed my father and putting the pieces together because, you know, you threw your walking stick through his chest. And her turn of, oh, sweetie, I can't believe I stabbed you in the shoulder with my sigh was so strange. It, okay, uh, it wasn't just a odd choice. No, because again, I guess the movie realizes it's only got about a half an hour left, maybe half an hour left, probably about 20 minutes. We got to yeah, wrap this thing end. up. We so, got to catch up to the start. Yeah, catch up to the start. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. We catch up to the start. And yeah, not not uh, not great. Very strange choice. Her fighting Colin Farrell was also weird. Like I thought he was going to, because when they're fighting, he throws a, he thinks he's Gambit, throws a playing card at her cuts her neck and i thought okay now she's like that's what's gonna kill her but it's when he then he stabs her with a sigh and i was just like what's the point of cutting her neck then that's he has to kill her that way because that's the iconic electric yeah oh really is that that a thing yeah he kills her with a sigh yeah like just in the air with him through her yeah it's from a 80s comic okay well that that makes a little more sense then because at the time i'm like it seemed very staged and very comic. The, the side point is like protruding, like uh, tenting her jacket from her back, you know, as opposed to pushing through because that would have cost too much money. So they just used a fake prop side and made a little whoop in their in her back to simulate a side point holding her aloft. I, I got a little kick out of that that little moment. But there, and then at that point, I'm thinking, and again, if you're in a theater, you don't think this, but I know this. Like, there's an Electra movie. Like, she's dead. When is she going to wake up? Oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> so how is the movie a prequel? No, like, she comes back to life. Well, right? they, I, I, at yeah. the end, because he goes to the roof because she has a necklace and he's like, oh, this is Braille. And then he's on that roof and then the necklace is hanging from like something, which kind of indicates that like she got out of there somehow. I think I there's know. some mysticism involved. I know. Yes. In the comics, there's like a group called The Hand, and I I do not remember Electra at all. I know Terrence Stamp is in it. I can read the 
I'll read this this part. It says, after being killed yeah. in Daredevil, Elektra is revived by blind martial artist Master Stick. He teaches her the ancient art of Kilmiger. So, yes. Somehow he yeah, revives her. I, I had to read that last night Somehow as well. Somehow Palpatine like... survives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. It comes a mystical thing where she's brought him back to life. Yeah, I'm not going to do the whole thing. But yeah, yeah no. He sees her heart stop or you, you yes. kind of see it. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so it's she she's dead dead. She's dead, dead, dead. And I that was all I could think was um, that that moment. So cool. Also, like the only injury he really takes in this is he gets stabbed in the shoulder. And like that st- shoulder injury is just like the end of the world for him. Like he isn't even beat up that bad. Like he doesn't get like his ass beat. He doesn't get like cut up. He just gets stabbed one through the shoulder. And they're like, you know, because then the movie finally catches up to him at the church from the beginning. Because now we know how he got here. And it's just like. You know, and the and the, the priest like, oh, you're in no condition to fight. Like he's been stabbed once, and you have multiple characters that make comments about it. like Kingpin's like, oh, I want to fight you in your prime. Like he took one injury, he shouldn't be this broken. I mean, I mean he gets pretty beat up in the bullseye fight. <laughs> okay, after that, okay, I'll go with that. But like before the bullseye fight, they're like, oh, there's no way you can beat him. It's like he just took one. I mean, I get it. You know, you're not, I wouldn't be okay, but this is a guy that is jumping flying off buildings like. Yeah, I know. I, it it seemed a little odd, and I think it also may be like superhero gaze that we. We're so used to the fact that, you know, people are getting pummeled in Marvel movies nowadays. You know, hey, I can do this all day. And if you got stabbed <laughs> through the shoulder with a big old sigh, it would hamper your fighting abilities. Like you, you would, would lose a lot of blood. You would lose. Yeah, you would yeah. lose a lot of blood. So actually, I didn't mind that too much. Okay. It, it just again, it made him it just made for an uninteresting fight in the uh Amongst the pipe organ of all the crazy things, because those make loud noises. Clang, 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 clang. That was a weird fight with everything with that, where like both like just shows up at the at the at the church to kill him. He's like, "You're, I'm do, I'm gonna kill you for free." Like, yeah, yeah. Again, but the delivery matches works everything. Like I say to my son when he tells a bad joke, work on the delivery. You can tell a bad joke if you deliver it well. You're always going to be one step ahead of the game. And again, Colin Farrell delivers these lines with such gusto and insanity. He is full up on scenery. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just wiping his mouth with scenery at this point. So, yes, enjoying it to the fullest. I I didn't care for the fight. I thought the fight between them and Bullseye was just. I just kind of love it when he like flips through the stained glass window and just like grabs all the glass and then throws it. So stupid. I know so, it was so stupid, again, but it was so cool. It was pretty I, cool. I'm not gonna lie. It was I was pretty cool. I'll take I'll give it that. Or the part where he gets shot through the hand, he's like, My hands got the sniper rifle. He, like that was that was also like I'm like, this is stupid. That's fine. Again, my <laughs> expectations are so low at this point, I'll accept anything this movie feeds me because again, I'm just counting the minutes. And <laughs> yeah, again, I know how you feel. I felt that same way last time. <laughs> We're not going to get into Under the Skin again. <laughs> Y'all listen to our Under, Under the Skin episode if you want to catch up on Mike's disdain for that movie. <laughs> or Sin City. I'm sure there's a lot of disdain in that movie, too. Oof. Oof. I forgot we did that until Mike brought it up before this. I'm like, oh, yeah, Sin City. <laughs> we saw that movie, and, and y'all hated it so much. <laughs> we did. It was so weird. So See, I, I think I, I saw the Sin City sequel, and I because... I know it was like a sequel that was like way past the point of yes. it should never have been made. Cause I remember seeing that first movie back in theater, like probably multiple times. I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I just rewatched it after the sequel. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it looks neat. And I it's, like Clive it, Owen and all these actors, but like, I don't know if this is aged particularly well. 
You should definitely <laughs> listen to our Sin City episode. You'll see I concur. I was Sin City was super my jam when I was uh, a young lad when that came out. I have the collector's edition DVD and all the special features. And when I watched it for the show, my, my opinion has changed. I am not a 22-year-old person anymore. But yeah, that second Sin City movie is absolute hot garbage. It is <laughs> I a pure, pure you not watch it. I saw it in theaters. It's, it is god-awful. So do not watch the second Sin City movie. And uh, I'll see this, the first one. What else you got to do with your life? Um, so let's go back to this, though. The sniper shot goes through his hands. Bullseye dies. Yeah, he throws I him thought he window. dies. No, oh, yeah. he, he survives. <laughs> yeah, there's an after credit scene. Right. He survived. I, thought, I mean, I put in my notes, he's dead. I'm like, oh, he's dead. They throw him out a window onto a car. He looks dead, but he actually survives for some reason. Yeah, I, I, because at the, when, he, when you see him through the shattered glass of the, the police car, he kind of is gurgling. He's like, I think you see an ambulance take him away, too, or at least he's doing the director's cut. Oh, you maybe. don't in the regular movie. You don't. Yeah, you're right. You don't see it. I, yeah, we, I don't think I have to say that. If you fall from that distance and you're not a superhero, you were just going to die. You're actually going to shatter into a million pieces. So don't that. Uh, yeah, again, dumb thing in the movie. I thought he was dead, but clearly not, as we'll learn in about 10 minutes. And then <laughs> Daredevil fights the Kingpin for a couple minutes. This was a stupid happens. fight. Terrible. It's, it is. I mean, it is he, he does terrible. the sprinkler thing so he can see him and just. Oh, yeah. But my my biggest issue with it was like the whole thing where he takes off his mask for the Kingpin is like. No, the kingpin takes off his mask because he's beating yeah. him, and he's like, "Oh, to see who he is." He's like, "Oh, you're the you're the blind, like the lawyer. blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen." Yep. But like, you can't let I don't know. To me, it bothered me because I'm like, okay, now he has to kill him because he can't know his identity. But then I do like the line where he's he's like, you know, the police are coming, and he's like, "Oh, they're coming to get you." Is it no? Don't you know the words that in the kingpin? And he's like, I'll tell everyone in Rikers who you are. And he's and he says, you know, go tell them how you got beat by a blind man. It'll be like putting blood into water. It's just so petulant. Like, I don't know. It just didn't strike me as cool at all. Yeah, and like, I don't he know. barely beats him. He just he breaks both his legs and the fight's over. I mean, it makes well, sense. broke his knees. And that's, he's a big man. And my wife. Oh, again, yeah, no, I'd be on the ground he, crying. So, well, my wife's like, you can't like rest on your knees when your knees are broken. That's not how that works. <laughs> You're just going to be on the ground like, ah! No, you were going to be on the ground face down screaming. Although, I get he... So, that was another thing my wife pointed out. Because, again, we're just, again, counting the minutes. And then, uh, so, yeah. That's it. King it was just a weird the... fight, too. It was just, like, it was very anticlimactic. And I almost didn't think they were going to fight in this movie. Because the movie's, like, I'm like, the movie's almost over. Like, we just got this big thing with Bullseye. Like, we don't have a lot of time left. And the movie's well aware, because again, we hurtle through the best of this film. So, uh, but it does make yeah. sense that what you said, Blair, because I was I was so confused. Like, oh, the kingpin's the, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Like, I was so confused. So I'm glad that you mentioned that it's in the director's cut. Yeah, and um, I don't know if this is like common knowledge because it was around that time. So around this time, there was a short-lived Spider-Man cartoon on MTV. It was like it only lasted over 13 episodes of a CG and it's 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 pretty good. I might be on Disney Plus now. And there is an episode where they have the Kingpin and it is voiced by Michael Clark Duncan. So it's there was kind of like them trying to do connective tissue between Spider-Man and Daredevil without having the rights. <laughs> so if you want to like 20 more minutes of Michael Clark Duncan Kingpin, find that cartoon. I think it might be on Disney Plus. What's it called? It's like Spider-Man, the new animated series. Neil Patrick Harris is the voice of Spider-Man. Oh, that's on Disney Plus, yes. Okay. 
I, I won't because I don't want any more, but that's cool. And then you have them after all this, you have them at the cafe again where where the, he's reading a newspaper says, you know, the king, Fisk is the kingpin. And you have like a little scene where a girl walks in, but it's not it's not Electra because, you know, she's dead. But they have that whole thing, which I thought was like, OK, this is weird. <laughs> so and then you have another small scene where Eric is writing about Daredevil and he puts like, oh, the Daredevil is Matt Murdock. And you see him deleting everything while he's drinking yeah. Heineken beers. And naturally, as he does. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Again, I like that character. I think it's again, I wish I had a little bit more of. But like Blair said, this movie is really stuffed with stuff. Like it's there, really oh, there. There is a scene in the director's cut where he confronts him and says, like, I know who you are. And, you know, it's my duty as a reporter to tell people. And he warns him. It's like, you know, if you do this, you are going to, like, basically destroy me. So there's more weight to him actually, like, deleting the story. What intentionally there was more weight to that. That's cool. I think it's neat that on the uh, on the necklace, because that's before necklace is before this part. He finds Electra's necklace again. This made very little sense to me because, again, my brain is going, she's dead. But there's another movie with that's her name and Jennifer Garner's on the poster. So what is going on here? And he's like looking at the Braille and it's evidently the it's got Braille on the, the necklace. And all I said to my wife, I go, shame. I wonder if the Braille spells out the letters F.U. Because I think that's what this movie has said to me for the last hour and a half. I, I don't know, because I know earlier in the movie he says, like, oh, it's Braille, but I, don't, I can't remember if he says what it actually means. I don't know. I, probably F you, because that's what the movie is saying to the audience. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So that's about it, then. Then there's an all yep. rights and the roof. And you have the credits where you have yep. Bullseye's in a cast for some reason. He's like in this weird, uh, I, I he's in this insane-looking contraption at the hospital that can't possibly exist holding his entire body together evidently because every bone is clearly shattered but he's still good enough to throw a pen it was a pen right or a pen or a pencil through a fly and he goes bullseye and i just i went oh great i'm glad i stuck around for that <laughs> one final middle finger to the audience i wasn't expecting that. i was very confused when it showed up i was like what what is this well, it's called for, like they probably were like, oh, man, like Spider-Man did all this money. Blade did all this money. Blade got a sequel. X-Men got a sequel. Like we're definitely going to get Daredevil 2. Let's keep uh, let's keep the only one of the few fun things about Daredevil 1 in, in play. And uh, no, that's the end of that. And uh, done is the movie. After this movie, I then decided to I needed to do something fun with my Friday night because I couldn't have my, my Friday night. <laughs> My Friday night could not be completely ruined and wasted. So I, I played Horizon Forbidden West for another hour. I'm now officially sunk into that game. Damn it. Oh, and that would have ruined my Friday night. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like I would rather watch Daredevil than play another hour. <laughs> I, we, can, we can discuss. Uh, we can discuss another time. But anyway, that's kind of I decided I need to I need to wash my I need a palate cleanser. And that was my palate cleanser. So, well, I get uh, that 100 percent. I mean, I completely understand. I'm sorry that you didn't like it, though. I mean, I was I, I was like, I'm still surprised that I actually enjoyed this movie. Like I I, I went into it like this is going to be stupid. And I like I enjoy I was like, what the fuck? I'm enjoying this. Like I'm entertained. Yeah, I, I've, I've been a pretty big daredevil apologist over the years. Like I remember seeing it and then like really liking it and then. Being, I mean, I was I was also 18, almost 19. So like reading negative criticisms and looking at the box office and being like, why, like, why don't people like this? Like, I want a Daredevil 2 when the DVD came out. I had to have it like day one. And then 
getting the director's cut and finally watching it and thinking like, oh man, this is actually way better. And then I watched it again and I was like, yeah, the first one's not enough. And this is like way too much because it's cool that they have more stuff, but there's like such a long stretch between him being Daredevil. I can kind of see why they wanted to like speed things up a little. And I think Kevin Feige has a credit in this. He does. It might it's be one of his first ones. Yeah, it's a production credit. Yep. I saw that. It it stand it stood out to me, yeah. He does. So I I don't know. I with I guess it's hard also to watch a movie like this and put it in time context cuz you know, I think it's 5 years later, is that right when we got Iron Man? Is it or am I thinking too far early? Yeah, no, this is 2003 Iron Man, it's 2008. 2008. Okay, yeah. So I so yeah, like 5 years later we get Iron Man. So well, I mean, we're, two we're, years later, you Batman Begins. That's true. <laughs> that Spider-Man is Spider-Man Two. Oh, yes. So we are at, we are almost out of the doldrums of Marvel comic book <laughs> movies. We're finally getting into the to the better ones where they people actually care and make things that that are good and have characters. And, and, and again, parts. as we established, like X Two was three months later. Yeah. So yeah, we I guess this is really well, other than a lecture, of course, which evidently is terrible. We are really out of the last gasp of these really bad movies. Although Ghost Rider was before Iron Man, right? Yeah, Ghost Rider was early two thousand seven. Yeah, so around... we're flushing the system. Yeah, so we're flushing the system at this point. So when you when I watch like an Iron Man, which again is only five years after, and just see the leap in quality, mm-hmm. just the absolute quantum leap in just in everything having to do with filmmaking bar none it's hard to watch this and 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 not combine the two or compare the two but i guess taken as a an early 2000s comic book movie when this is what they were no it's still not good sorry i can't <laughs> i can't i can't jump on that bandwagon but yeah so we're basically doing shelf stacker box as we speak right now yeah, so that's fine. why don't you go first that you can yeah, I'll go first for your part. Yeah, I'll wrap it. Up. Yeah, I'll wrap it up. I uh, I haven't eaten dinner yet, so this will be a perfect opportunity. Uh, <laughs> now, this is definitely a, a box. This is very forgettable. If it weren't for your notes and my notes, I probably would have forgotten most about this movie. You know, five minutes after it, <laughs> it's not quite a sum zero. I like John Favreau. I like Colin Farrell. I like when this movie just goes batshit crazy, and but it is not enough of that. And what's left is our central character just not caring, and it's just bland and generic and so yeah this is gonna be a box not not a fan but hey you know what it only cost me four bucks i'm gonna look on the bright side of this experience and now you can finally say you've seen daredevil i can i can no one will ask me about it because no one remembers this movie (laughs) nobody in my life is gonna be like hey bill you remember that movie daredevil and i'm gonna be like you know what about a year ago i watched it with my good buddy mike alberton and uh blaine blair farrell and uh didn't like it I doubt that's gonna happen. Um, hey, it's no. actually been on my list to watch this movie for probably twenty years now. So, <laughs> well, Mike, tell us what you thought about it. Are you shelf stacker boxing this? Did it live up to that type of expectation? That oh, length had, of time? I had no expectations. Of me. Like I said, like I came into this with zero expectation. I'm like, this movie I heard is trash. Mike Hughes likes it a lot. I've heard some people talk good about. It. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I walked away like entertained. I enjoyed it. I didn't look at my phone. Like it wasn't for me writing notes. I wouldn't have been, I wasn't even playing Marvel Snap while watching this. And that's, that's credibility to this movie being entertaining that I didn't start playing Marvel Snap because under the skin, I was playing Marvel Snap. So <laughs> I mean that I just was completely like I wasn't, I was on board. I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. And it's going on the shelf. Like I, I just, it was a really fun movie to me. And I think the music, the fact that the music hit me too, because I really liked 
all those songs and it, it, it spoke to depressed Mike like 10, 10 years ago. <laughs> like, you know, when I was like, I was like, yeah, here. And like the music just was like, bring me. And I'm like, yeah. And it, everything just hit right. And this movie hit right for me that it, I could actually watch this again. I won't for a long time, but I could have like, I'm really glad I finally saw it. And what about you, Blair? I think I'm in between. I think I'll put in the stack, even though I have bought this movie twice and I saw it multiple times in theater. I recognize its problems, but I'm never, it's never disinteresting to me. I think there's enough, I guess, like certain things kind of help buoy the bad things. Like, I'd rather watch this than like many MCU films um, <laughs> and most uh, of the recent DC films, to be honest. Uh, I recognize it's not great. The director Scott does a lot to patch a few holes. And I guess for me, I'm just being a little nostalgic, I guess, for the era, because I I recognize the movies in the early 2000s were not great, but I still, <laughs> you know, kind of have the, the memories of just, yeah. you know, going That's to the fine. cinema and being excited. Like, it was in February back in then, like, you didn't get a movie like Daredevil. Like, now we got, like, Ant-Man and Miss Marvel and Black Panther and Blockbusters all year round. But, like, from January to May, it was, like, you didn't get like a superhero movie. So to have like one then was like pretty incredible for that time. And yeah, no, I completely get that. I can okay. completely see like, I mean, and, there, and again, this isn't like a, it's not like this is a problematic movie or things like that where it's like, oh, you know, it's nothing, you know, sure. There's a little bit of stuff. And I still yeah, have the just, CD yeah. soundtrack on my shelf and it still slaps. Aaron, you know, I will listen. I meant to listen to the soundtrack last night, but again, I, I got hung up in Horizon Forbidden West and just that was till 1245 last night. But I am going to actually listen to the soundtrack and it's fucking recollect, good. Recollect how it was to it, be, Nickelback. Recollect how it was to be 23 and still think that kind of music was acceptable. Sorry. I don't you, know. You got to be in the right mood. I guess. Like you got to be like if you get out of a really toxic relationship and you work at a really shitty job making 10, 10 an hour in the year 2015. And then you're listening to that. It's really good, by the way. It's fair. I, you know what? I, I, I will listen to it with an open with an open mind, as I do when it comes to music. I try. Maybe to. it was 2014. Yeah, I don't know. Somewhere I just that, that that musical style is kind of uh, faded in my memory. As, oh yeah, I, I, I can't go back to it. Like I can yeah. only like there are times when I'm really like sad. Like there are times when I go and I'll see my son, then I have to leave, and I'm just like I'm in a really bad mood because I'm I'm just sad that things are. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to listen because I want to be with my son. I don't want to be like, but I got to get home. So then I'm like, okay, I'll put that on. Like, and that's, that's like what I do whenever I'm upset. I'll, I'll play some of that music. Again. <laughs> that's, that's fair. It. That's, yeah, hey, that's fair. I, I totally get that. You just, it just fits that. Right. But God, hearing that during this movie, I'm like, oh, well, man. I was, I was telling people I, I had a dentist appointment on Friday and I swear to God, this actually has a point. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there just like, and they have some radio station. I don't even know. It's not a local one. And it's like country music. And then I'm in the middle of getting my teeth scraped. And then I hear a musical cue and my ears perk up. And it's the Lincoln Park song from the end of the first Transformers. And I was so blown away that like this song was in the middle of a dental appointment. I was like, you're going to have to change this as I'm going to open my mouth and gasp and be like, what? <laughs> Start singing. <laughs> oh, funny. That does seem strange at Lincoln Park. I'm curious what song it was. It's now. like it's you know like I am Optimus Prime and I am telling everyone in the galaxy. I haven't seen that. I don't know if I've even seen that whole movie. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, for your Patreon dollars, yes, get Mike Galveston yes. to watch 2007 Transformers. I've actual seen Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. 
parts of it, but I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. I've never seen the second movie, but I have seen the third one. And a couple after that. I don't know. I got a weird... We actually don't have anything Transformers yet on this podcast. There's no Transformers yet. Yeah, now, hey, there actually is a Daredevil episode besides this one. We covered Daredevil Born Again comic a long-ass time ago. You see a link in the show notes. But we actually, like... This is my second Daredevil thing, which is also kind of weird. Mm. So, Oh, and the, the last thing, because I, I do want to bring up, because you brought up a good point, Bill, that I want to mention. Like, you talked about how, like, people complain about modern Marvel movies. I completely see where you're coming from. Like, modern Marvel movies are, most of them, besides Thor, Love, and Thunder, are so much better than, like, what we, like, even this. Like, they, you know, they make more sense. Like, this is just not as entertaining. So I completely get where you're a, coming from. It's just a different level of quality. And yeah. I, even, the, even the bad ones, I, mean, I think we can all agree that Phase 4 has been less than stellar. Okay, let's well, be honest. They're all fine. Except for Thor, Love, and Thunder. They're all, yeah. even Eternals is better than <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder is the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. I would MCU. rather watch Daredevil... Like then Eternals, then Thor four, then Ant Man three. I haven't. I didn't see. I didn't see Ant Man three yet. I, I haven't definitely yet. Definitely would watch this. Be I'd watch this before Eternals, uh, and I have not seen Lord. I haven't seen either of those because I figure I'll see them eventually for this I show. Mean, and say what you way. will. Yes. I do think that like the guy Mark Stephen Johnson, he lo- like he really likes Daredevil. That's fair. like I just yeah, think I he wanted to do too much with not enough money because it's like you, you make a movie and it's like, okay, just make it about the Kingpin or maybe just about bullseye. And then the sequel is Kingpin, not like, okay, we're going to have Electra and Kingpin and daredevil. And then a whole subplot about a court case that gets cut out and foggy Nelson. And we're going to do the Electra death. And right. it's just, it's just way too much. We think of like Spider-Man, not a year later. And it's just him. And the Green Goblin, and that's it. <laughs> no, I agree, and I, I, yeah, I would rather see this than than the, the truly terrible Marvel movies. But I, I, and when I say that, I say that flippantly. I'll be honest, because again, <laughs> there, there are definitely movies in the Marvel MCU that are probably worse than this. There are some actively bad ones, but uh, I don't know. Just something about we when I watch that and I see where we, what can, what a superhero movie can do, right? It just really strikes me that, you know, I know we all complain about phase four and all, but most of that phase four is still, I think, I'd rather have what we have now than this for the most part. And again, I it's haven't like, seen Love and Thunder because I know Michael make me watch it. And I haven't seen Ant-Man because the reviews were bad and that bummed me out. I didn't want I'm, my, my year I'm the same way. So I'm like, when I, Disney Plus will get it. I'll just watch it that yeah, way. That's kind of how I Daredevil's cow is a thing that pulls off as opposed to nanotechnology that just disappears. <laughs> that's nice i agree and, and and for you and we've had this conversation before but as you as a comic book fan you you kind of want that too you think i you've mentioned this that that's simpler why can't we have the old uniforms and stuff or it might have been yeah. michael k hughes but i want a big yeah. doofy dd on the suit yes. i don't care where it yeah. is <laughs> right and that's fair and i think that's fine i think there's room for it but you'll like we've said before on this show you'll never get that in the mcu that's that's just not a thing Marvel will let happen, and I would like that ultimate timeline where that does happen. So, anyway, uh, for me, yeah, I'd rather watch most MCU movies than this by yeah by a pretty large margin. But, yeah, that's just me. All right, and Bill, where can people find you at? Oh, little podcast called The Gamer Looks at Forty. I recently released the an Ask Me Anything, and then rest of the schedule uh, for the next couple of months. Uh, if you're listening to this, I guess it's going to be next week, for according to what Mike said. Yeah, so, it will be. Yeah, I am currently recording. Yeah, I'm currently recording <laughs> interviews for the game Earthbound for memories of renting games at your blockbuster Hollywood video, etc. And the third one, what else am I recording for? I don't Final remember. Fantasy. 
Well, yeah, Final Fantasy, but that's going to be this never-ending, never-ending dirt. Oh, Mario Paint is the third one. So, oh, yeah. But- yeah, so if you like any of those, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, Gamer looks at 40. Uh, DMs are open, so if you have memories of any of those three things right now, and maybe Final Fantasy 2, because I, it's, it's never too early to start recording interviews for a giant series like that's going to be, reach out to me. And if you haven't listened to the show, I think you should. I think it's, uh, I think it's fabulous. Much better than this movie. I will stake my reputation on that. Well, yeah, your show is more produced than <laughs> with a lot more than this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more care was taken. Fair. Uh-huh. And Blair, where can people find you at? You can find me, if it still exists, on Twitter at Blarcade. <laughs> and you can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com, including a review of the tie-in to this game for Game Boy Advance developed by Grip Tonight. Um, I think it's one of my early reviews, so it's probably not the best, but it's there. <laughs> I really want to play it now at some point for this show. So some point. I really want a good Daredevil game, but I'm the type of person who PS2 wants a we... Daredevil game that also has Phoenix right parts where you have to get evidence while Daredeviling, then then do Matt Murdock cases where you have to like pick out lies with your super hearing which wouldn't fly in modern AAA landscape, but that's what I want, goddammit. So is your cat. <laughs> she just wants me to get her treat. She's like, why are you still recording? Feed me! Feed me, Seymour! That's what she's saying. So, <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode, we have over 450 other episodes you need to go listen to. You can find everything on Podbean, and you can search. So go to Podbean, you'll go to my page, and you just type in a movie, comic, video game. You never know, there might be an episode about it. Like, if you type in Daredevil, you'll find other daredevil and tmt type that in too there's also tmt there's lots of tmt stuff so you can go find our whole catalog there everything's on podbean that we do we do movies comics video games tv shows if you want to support the show we do a patreon as i mentioned at the top of the episode we have two polls going on right now at the time you're hearing this that run until the end of april uh one being tim curry movies mike has mike has never seen and a couple is a few recovered episodes you get to choose one of the ones that will do it won't be it might not come out in may but it'll probably come out in june but at least you can you can affect the show. So a little for a dollar and you support the show. And we have a discord. You'll see a link in the show notes to that. Please join that too. You can chat with us. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at hell half spear. You can follow her on TikTok. She made our music and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube audio only, but we are on YouTube. And that's everything I need to say. We will see you guys next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>